This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. <laughs> he says, yippee Here we go. Welcome to Thursday. It's the 10th of December. I only go, whoopee, because I don't have a hangover. Whoopee, because A, it's Thursday, we're ever near a Friday, and B, because it's Tina Fey Day at Global. She's coming in, and we'll be recording her for In Conversation. She's got a new film out called Sisters. Uh, I went to see another film yesterday. Apparently, I'm not allowed to tell you anything about it, so I won't. I'll just tell you that it's uh, that one of the other presenters in the building said to me, said, I would have killed to have seen that film yesterday. I said, well, kind of tough. They didn't invite you. They just invited me. And so we were in the big cinema and it was it was lovely. It really was. On the programme this morning, Peter Clarkson. He's swimming in his kitchen after the floods. It's actually up above the cupboard doors. So he was pictured swimming in the kitchen. Uh, the mum blasting the trolls who blasted her. She's got, I think, three children and they've got 300 presents. I mean, it is... I mean, it doesn't... To be honest with you, I don't have any problem with somebody doing that. If that's what she wants to spend her money on, that's her business. It's when she shows off to people that I have an issue. You know, it's the showing off bit that drives me insane. So somebody going, oh, look, I've got 300 presents for my kids. And I'm saying, why don't you keep your big mouth zipped up? Because you're not going to do yourself any favours. It's stupid. It's showing off. It's a bit like Victoria Beckham, isn't it? Oh, here's Victoria Beckham with another selfie. Here's Victoria Beckham wearing another of her... One of her outfits. Here's Victoria Beckham pretending to do this, you know... It just, it's too tedious for words. So if you're lucky enough to be in the position of being able to buy your kids 300 presents, well then, bully for you. But don't flaunt it in front of people because they're, they're going to come down on you like a ton of bricks. There's going to be those people who can't afford to buy one present. So, you know, buying 300 presents for sort of kids, I mean, quite clearly means that they're spoiled. But that's your business. They're your kids. You can do what you want with them. Just don't show off. Just don't show off, dear. She's also, she looks like one of those sort of mums. She's got her boobs hanging out and it's all a bit tedious and tacky. Uh, the Rigby killer suing over the knocked out teeth. This is uh, Ada Jabal, uh, Jabali, I think it is, isn't it? Who's the, uh, who's the one who's in the, uh, in the papers for today. Uh, Brave Cheryl, that's the one whose hair's falling out. And she has to put all these clip-ons in. And uh, apparently she's going to return to Africa. She's going to brush aside health uh, fears. Well, she milked it last time. Good God, I think it was an interview, but she didn't go by without it. And she's going to go with her X Factor finalist, Reggie and Bolly. Reggie mm, Bolly, uh, whose wives had a big bust up, apparently, the other day. Class act, aren't they? Class act. Uh, being happy will not make you live longer. Which is a shame. I was hoping to go at least until the middle of next year. And uh, Derek Acora. Oh, I can hear a noise. Oh, what is that noise? It's my stomach rumbling, isn't it? I'll try and pretend it's a it's a spirit from the other world. Would you like Would you like to say something to us, spirits? Yep. Get off the blooming television. Uh, thank the Lord. Fern McCann is going to quit the Essex show. Oh, thank goodness for that. No more foul language from the old bag and trout. Uh, the estate agent. Oh, naughty, naughty, naughty estate agent. He's had to backtrack like there's no tomorrow. Uh, people who are being flooded out in Cumbria. He's got an estate agency up there. So people want to move into temporary accommodation. He's bumped the fees up. He's bumped the fees up. And um, even the woman apparently answering the phone was a bit embarrassed by it. But he's bumped the fees up. The moment the papers get involved, he's donated two and a half grand to charity. I bet you have, pal. I bet you have. Uh, also, the person fined £80 for giving a piece of leftover cake to squirrels. Uh, you know, don't don't feed squirrels, please. It makes them dependent on human beings. It's like the idiots who feed pigeons. They're all barking mad, aren't they? All these people go out there and feed the birds. The whole idea, it then makes birds dependent on humans. I mean, it's all right if it's, if it's only tuppence a bag. 
you know, and, you know, all around the cathedral, the saints and apostles look down as she sells her wares, although, although you can't see them, you know, each time they are smiling, each time somebody shows that, that they care. Feed the birds. <laughs> Do you know, it's at moments like that. I really wish we had a small orchestra in the studio and all of a sudden they build up to a crescendo. And you think to yourself, that's when it's worth it. My friend on the buses the other day he said he likes Waterloo Bridge because it's got that lovely view down, down the Thames. And it is a lovely view down the Thames. I used to sit there in the car in the early hours of the morning when we were in Fleet Street playing Feed the Birds Tuppence and Pack. That's how sad my life's become, ladies and gentlemen. You think, you think here he is, jolly old 4am spiker, Steve Allen, as the spike goes through the roof at 4am in the morning. Mainly because, it's not that there's, you know, it's, it's just a lot of people have now set their alarm clocks to wake up for this programme. You know, you can go back to sleep later on today, I couldn't care less. As long as you're awake for this programme and you feature in my audience figures, that's all that matters to me. I'm not, I'm not in the business for anything else. Oh, good news. Well, well, sort of good news and bad news. Uh, firstly, we've taken the plaster off the wound and a uh, lot better. Bless you. A lot better. A lot better. And uh, once the, uh, the skin on there has healed, I think we possibly... I mean, either I've got amazing resilience, ladies and gentlemen, or I'm just sort of dead lucky because it's it's looking really, really good. Uh, nurse, very pleased with me yesterday, taking me off the water tablets. When I went to see this film yesterday, four times I went for a wee during the film. And uh, these are uh, tablets, they're given to a lot of diabetics. Anyway, they came issued with a warning the other day. So I'm coming off them and I'm going on to another tablet. Only this tablet comes with a little stick. And, and so I'll be given a box of sticks, which the idea is you have to wee on the stick. As you know, easier said than done, ladies and gentlemen, having to hold on to two things. Anyway, so you're sort of there with the stick, conjure up that image in your mind, hold it there, take it out again, and back in the room. And you have to wee on the stick and it changes colour. It changes colour. And so if, if it goes to a particular colour, I need to go straight back to the doctor's. Because it might be, whatever it is, it, it changes the composition of something in your body. And I wish I could remember everything she told me, but I cannot remember. No, not the whole lot in one thing. He's decorating the tree, OK? First of all, he's put the lights on, but there's no batteries. So that's kind of a pointless exercise. And then what they did last year, all the, all the balls, they sort of tied together. So you've got all the balls to one tree. So he just put them on as one big lump. On the tree. Now, because he's realised it's going to take him a bit of time to decorate it. I'm going to bring in... I've got some spare lights at home, actually. A little battery. Yeah, you've got two and a half hours to decorate the tree. And the way you're going at the moment, it'll take you about two and a half hours to decorate the tree. So uh, I've got some spare lights. If those ones don't work tomorrow, I've got a loads of batteries uh, at home. Secondly, I've got loads of... Uh, loads of... Yeah, there'll be definitely be some batteries in the cupboard, I'm sure. Because it makes so much makes such a difference, doesn't it, when you've got, you've got your lights on the trees. It looks much, much nicer. Um, and so, what was that? Yeah, yeah. So yesterday, I went to see the film and uh, had a chat to a few people that I knew in there as well. Uh, then I tiddled off home. And then by the time I'd been to the doctor, which only actually took about, about three minutes, because she just had to explain to me that they were taking me off this particular tablet and putting me on another one. I feel like I'm a guinea pig, you know. I'm quite excited by it. Woo, guinea pig me. And uh, little sticks to wee on. Very exciting. So I'll get a bundle of those. And uh, and then if there's any change in anything, I've got to tell them. I said, because I can cope with going to the toilet four times in a film, even though it was a sort of a fairly lengthy film. It's just that it's inconvenient. 
And yesterday, if you remember, if you listen back to one of the to, to the podcasts of yesterday, there is one point where I go, can we go a little bit early to the news? And that was because I was literally sitting here thinking, I'm not going to make it before we hit the news. It was only 30 seconds away, but it was a bit touch and go. So anyway, so we, we, we've sort of stopped those uh, tablets. So if you're on medication at the moment, and I'm quite sure there's a number of people listening to this programme who need to be on medication for it. which I, We're all in very good company. Without the medication, we wouldn't get through the day. And uh, so we, we do our best, don't we? So I've got this interview this morning with Tina Fey. I'm secretly dreading it. I'll be totally honest with you. I'm absolutely dreading it because I'm sure she's going to be really tough. Normally, I don't have any... Oh, here we go. Oh, that's it, is it? He's tur- turned the lights off. Those batteries look a bit feeble. Look, as though they're running out. I wouldn't bother with that. You can't even see the tree. <laughs> is that, did you find those batteries just on a cupboard out there? Yeah, that's why they were there. They're old batteries. Okay, need to get some new ones. They will be in the cupboard, I'm sure. Or uh, our sister station around here will have batteries as well. I'm sure if you ask Toby, I'm sure he'll better find batteries somewhere. I imagine he's rifled through a few drawers in his time. Uh, anyway, so um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, so yesterday I, I got in and then I went to the doctor, so she explained all of these things to me. And that was that. And I went back, had a glass of Prosecco. And strangely enough, I don't think I had any tea yesterday. I can't remember having any tea because on the way home, I did get myself a McDonald's. And that kind of fills me up. Because I had it about two o'clock, it, uh, it sort of kind of sees me through. So as far as I remember, I didn't have anything to eat yesterday. But mind you, having said that, I might have forgotten. You know, life goes by in a bit of a blur when you get to a certain age. But uh, the reason we're sort of, you know, whoopee-doo, because it was party time in London yesterday, as it is every night where we are. Uh, but it was, the, it was the global Christmas party. So there would have been about 700 people at this Christmas party. And uh, every other year I've come back to find the, re- the, the, the remnants of the, and the aftermath, the fallout, the Armageddon of people sort of slumped over things. Well, this year they've been very good. And, uh, and they said, no, 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 you can't go back into the building again. So Because otherwise, because all of those uh, who are trying to do programmes get slightly disrupted by people lurching around the corner going, Hey, this was... And, uh, and so that they've decided that's not the best thing for them to do, so they don't let them back in now. But I'm sure everybody had a wonderful time. And, uh, and that set the party season up. And so the party season this morning will be the newspapers, it'll be your texts and emails, it'll be Madam Sin... Yes, Cynthia Payne's funeral was yesterday, and she had pallbearers dressed as policemen. She had girls wearing uh, suspenders and everything else leading the cortege. She went out in style, did Our Sin, and uh, I wish I could find the interview that I did with her, but it it probably got lost in the archives years and years and years ago. Um, What else do we have? Oh, yes, uh, um, that uh, aged old trout, apparently an aristocrat, has picked on Duncan Bannatyne's girlfriend. She's not letting it die, is she? She's a horrible piece of work. This is uh, Georgina What's-Her-Face, you know, the old bag from a distant relic past. Cemetery, mainly, I think she was dug up. And they wheeled her out, and now she said that Duncan Bannatyne's girlfriend is only with him because he's got money. You know, she's such a bitter, twisted old bag. She really is. I don't know why she doesn't go back into the ground and pull the earth all over her again. Uh, David Bowie at 68 we'll get round to later. Looks amazing. And uh, who's the TV chef who's fired 40 people? Christmas Eve, they're closing down. It's not good news, is it? Uh, The other one is uh, odd facts about Frank Sinatra. And uh, savers aged 90 plus are being sold 20-year plans. I mean, how ridiculous. All of your texts and emails this morning on LBC. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast, and it's only quarter past four. Morning, everybody. 19 minutes past four. It's Thursday morning in London. It is cold, but uh, but Warren reckons it's 10 degrees. It's certainly a lot colder than that round here. Definitely. And there's a little bit of a wind. 
Uh, he says um, he's, he's got a super £500 temperature system. He says high pressure, mind you. Uh, 1028 millibars, that's high, hence clear skies today. But it says 10 degrees on his thing. He says not that cold. Well, it's, it's definitely colder here. Definitely. When I walked out this morning, not as cold as it was yesterday, but definitely a little bit chilly. Definitely a little bit chilly. Uh, so the, the bus stop on the, uh, on the X Factor tour bus and uh, old Shezza Spagbol is, uh, is going back to Africa uh, with her group. I don't know why. There must be some reason for it, I suppose. Uh, thank the Lord Fern McCann quitting Made in Essex, if anybody really cares. She won't be missed. She's of no consequence to anybody in there. As all the columnists have said again today, which I said yesterday, the day before and the day before that, it's a bit sad, isn't it, that a couple of old trouts on the I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here are only famous because they've talked about their sex lives. You know, and then you've got, you know, Yorgi Porter, who turned up on the red carpet the other day, and you think, very wisely covering her legs up. She's not got the best legs in the business, poor soul. And we saw that. Everybody was going, oh, my God, look at that. Oh, yes, very nice boobs, a nice hair, sort of. Plain face. Oh, my God, look at the legs. You know, seriously, I mean, it, it, it didn't look so great. Not so great. But there again, nobody's at, you know, she'll be airbrushed for all the photographs. But Fern McCann, foul-mouthed in the programme of, of nothing at all. Going out with George Shelley? I don't think so. I don't think so. He's not going to waste his time. His agent will be saying, stay well clear of these people. They're, they're desperados. Vicky Pattinson, what, what, what claim to fame does she have? What can she do? Nothing. A bit like Jordan. What can she do? She can't write a book. She can't write. She certainly can't speak. That's a fact. Uh, and her book, she goes, I see story like a uh, like girl who has horse works in a radio station. And they go, OK, we'll write a story about a girl who has a horse who works in a radio station. And then they put her name on it, you know, because that was her idea. It's really lame stuff. It really, it's pitifully awful. But there again, the sort of people who are buying it are the sort of people who avidly watch the Jeremy Kyle show and find it mildly amusing because they look like their next-door neighbours. And then the more they look at them, they suddenly realise, oh, my God, it's the fact... It's Auntie Dennis on the television. It's all these people, isn't it? It's all the people. Uh, somebody says, um, would they be ketosis sticks to check your ketones. I've got no idea. I wish I could remember. I can't remember anything like that. It's no good asking me things like that. I can't remember anything. Ring in Primrose Hill says, wish my daughter Jenny in Leicester Square a very happy birthday for today. Actually, when I came out into Leicester Square yesterday, having been to the, to the big cinema, and then we come outside and it was, I was still surprised. It was broad daylight. And it was lovely, actually. And, and I literally got round the corner and the bus was there. I'm very well serviced for buses. I've suddenly realized I, I, could, I could sit on a bus for ages. If the seats were a bit more comfy, I could probably go to sleep. I would think so. Uh, Patrick says, even worse, my friend feeds foxes. So you don't need to feed these animals. They find enough junk food around anywhere. That's why you've got foxes in town. Because there's so much rubbish food all over the place. You've only got to walk up through Leicester Square or round the back. And there's tons of food. And that's just one little area. Imagine multiply that by all those ghastly pizza places that have sort of pizza sitting in glass cabinets, which people seem to find so appealing. And, uh, and, and people drop food. It's, oh, it's just horrible. So you're always going to get it. But, I mean, the people who feed pigeons, it's like people feeding ducks. Whatever happened, you know, before ducks came along, were the people standing there with bread waiting for them? For some reason, parents seem to think it's great for kids to feed the ducks. What have you got? Fat ducks. They can't swim away. They're far too fat now to do anything. And people feed them. The people who feed the pigeons, they must need their brains testing. Flying rats, filthy, disgusting vermin, you know, diseases that they carry on their feet. And you see people in Trafalgar Square, so feed the pigeons, feed the pigeons. Oh, God, no. Only good pigeons are dead pigeon, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Steve, good morning. Love your show. I'm glad the wound is getting better. Thank you very much indeed. And then somebody says, what's your email address? What are you, daft or something? I mean, how many times? 
You know, I mean, I'll tell you, all you have to do is go onto the LBC website, it'll tell you the email address. There used to be, um, who was it? Who's, oh, I think it was Nick Ferrari. Refused to give out the phone number for LBC. He said, you should know what it is by now. If you don't know what it is, there's something the matter with you. And so people say, well, what, what's the phone number? You go, well, go and check it out on the internet. <laughs> it's like the weather, isn't it? It's like the weather. You know, people say, so what's the weather going to be like? Today? I said, look out the window. It's going to be like that. Oh, what happens if it rains? We're going to get wet. <laughs> I like the idea that people go, I don't know what the weather is. You go, well, you know, worry about something else. There must be better things to worry about in life, mustn't there, than whether or not it's going to be uh, wet or whether or not it's going to be dry. Why do people worry about that? People complain about it. Like the woman the other day complained about the, the cartoon on the BBC. It's made all the papers again today. And uh, as I say, it's an old story because it's an old one. And they've all said the same about this ridiculous woman. Go and worry, but go and have a cup of tea and a lie down, dear. Makes it a lot easier for you. You don't need to worry about it. She was worried that kids might be affected by it. Uh, as one of the columnists said today, they're obviously far, you know, they're not as stupid as you think they are. They're not really. They understand it's an egg and that's, uh, you know, that's an eggy soldier. And cutting the top of the egg is not a beheading. OK, you know, if you're a bit simple, it's probably a beheading. So we have to do it slowly for these people. What is the matter with them? Perhaps they just lo- perhaps they just want to sort of get in the newspapers. Perhaps they think they're being really clever. Was somebody the other day? Who was it? I heard somebody said. Oh, somebody had said to me, "How do you get a job on on LBC?" And I said, oh, "Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I don't think we've ever taken anybody on the station in in my in my memory who sent in an audition tape." You know, and I think you do get some people who do phone up radio stations and who think that they're very articulate uh, and think they're really clever. But, of course, actually, as it turns out, that's that's all they can do. They can just do that. It's like contributors. You can have a very good contributor, but you have somebody who is a presenter, somebody who can hold the programme together. That's the trick. The trick is holding the programme together. In the case of this programme, it's holding the entire thing together because there's nothing to fall back on. You cannot leave it alone. Don't keep faffing around with it. It's fine. Bending all the branches down now. It's going to be. This is going to be the most unhappy tree in the world. No, you've got three purples on one. Shouldn't there be a silver one there? It's a. God, I can't imagine what your tree looks like at home. It's going to be very sad and not colour coordinated, is it? We need to send round the colour coordination police. They know about things like that. They go round and they come and decorate. Because we have a professional company in here. I discovered the other day that the tree downstairs in our reception is done by a professional company. Okay. I don't want to make a big deal about it. It's not, it's not worth it. It's the festive season. It is the time to be jolly. Fa-la-la-la-la. La-la-la-la. Uh, so Peter Clarkson swims in his kitchen. It's only because he's been flooded, poor soul. And there's nothing funny about it. This is now, what, fourth time in ten years? Some of these people have been flooded. He's got so much water in his kitchen that the water is up to the top of the cabinets so he can swim in the kitchen. Frankly, with electricity around it, it would frighten the life out of me. But uh, that's it. So, that it's, again, they're saying... It was either 50 or 500 million, whatever it was. I remember thinking at the time, Prince Charles's 40 grand isn't going to go very far, is it? You know, even if his mother pledged 100 million pounds. Even if every footballer... You know, I mean, the Beckhams have got, like, 250 million. Could they not give a million? You know, could all these people who've made loads and loads of money, could we not get every footballer, right, we're actually deducting, you know, 100,000 quid from your wages this year and we're going to put it into a flood thing. I know the government is supposed to pay for it, but, you know, all these footballers, they're tight as anything, footballers. They really are. They, you know, if, if ever they give away 20 grand, they make such a song and dance about it. It's dreadful. But um, Jez doesn't like your tree either. He says he's going to come and burn it down. It's plastic, you fool. It'll just melt with metal inserts. Beautiful little tree. Beautiful little tree. That's about the best erection, I think, that Will has had in this studio in the past 12 months. 
I'll be able to leave trees up all year. Why can't we have trees up all year round? What's the difference? I mean, I went to a Christmas shop in San Francisco and they've got Christmas decorations up all year round. And I think that's lovely. Oh, that's really nice. Mind you, there are a few people in the country that we, we laugh at them, don't we? I don't know why. Because I think they're really clever. You know, people who go, I'm going to celebrate Christmas all year round. There's one bloke who has Christmas dinner every day. I think that's pushing it a bit. Too. I know. <laughs> Actually, he didn't look that fat, but he, he certainly he had turkey and stuffing and all the rest. I think I've got a Christmas dinner on Sunday, and I think I've just got normal food on Saturday. I think I've got normal food Saturday and some cocktails, so that'll be quite nice. And, uh, and then we're into next week. And next week, I predict, is going to be another another fairly fairly busy week. Uh, what else do we have in the paper today? Oh, the, uh, the Fury complaint, Tyson Fury, is by a gay ex-copper. A gay ex-copper. They've only got to take one complaint and it's investigated by the police. And so the police are going to have to sort of set aside time to go and investigate it. I mean, there's no doubt in anybody's mind that the comments he's made are homophobic. The trouble is he's not intelligent enough to realise what he's saying. He thinks that you can say things like that, but it doesn't mean you're homophobic. And I think he's actually said, um, uh, I've got gay friends. I thought... I bet you haven't. I bet you haven't. He's from the travelling community. I don't think gays and travellers mix at all. As I say, proof if proof were needed, read the book Gypsy Boy, and you'll suddenly realise it was a, it was a bestseller uh, by a traveller who was gay from an early age and ran away with his uh, with his boyfriend and everything else. And uh, oh, his father used to beat him up on a on a regular basis. Uh, so the very idea. What can we do that will upset Will today? What can we do that will upset him? Let's tell him there is no spike at seven. He always thinks he goes, I've got a spike at seven o'clock because I've got the spike at four and he's trying to capitalise on my success. And it's, you know, it's piggybacking. It's uh, it's hanging around with somebody in show business, hoping a little bit of the glitter on them will actually sort of fall onto you and uh, and make it better. Yes, Katie Price is doing panto in Woking. Ron in Farnborough must be the last person to know. She's only been booked for the last four months. Oh, blimey. I mean, I know Farnborough's a bit of a way out, and I realise that you've only just got the electricity and plush carpets, but, I mean, for goodness sake. <laughs> uh, Paul says, how many people do you know have heard of who become ill or dead from pigeon-related illnesses? About 5,000, actually. About 5,000 people. I know personally. So there you go. No good, trying, no good trying to be a smarty-pants with me, mate. I'm one step ahead of you. I'm far too intelligent for things like that. Uh, somebody says, um, uh, I feed pigeons. Well, you're going straight to hell then, aren't you? Quite clearly. You mustn't feed pigeons. It's ridiculous. It then makes them reliant on pigeons. You go out there every single day to feed pigeons. Every single day to feed pigeons. Because if you don't, you're killing them. Effectively, you, uh, you are killing pigeons. So you might as well not bother in the first place. It's ridiculous. I don't understand why people do it. It just drives me absolutely mad. It really does. And uh, I'm in Galway, says Peter. I'm decorated like a Christmas tree with so many wires. Yes, I had that when I had my, uh, my cardiology. I, was, I, was, I, was, I wanted to go to sleep at night. You know when you have your operation and you come out of it and then they connect you up to the, uh, the cardio machine so you've got bits sticking all over your body. I must have about ten different things on there. And uh, I'm thinking, oh, I'm lying in the bed. And I, I can sleep anywhere. I could sleep sitting up. And every time I nodded off, the nurse came over. Stephen, wake up. Like, oh, just let me sleep, for goodness sake. I just wanted to sleep for the country. <laughs> like you do now. But there's no chance, because it's 4.30. Nick of the team at 7 o'clock this morning. Britain's cut travel to London in the wake of the Paris terror attacks to the point that one of the UK's largest transport operators has cut the profit forecast for the year. Are you afraid to come to London? The head of terror group Islamic State comes second in a US magazine poll for Person of the Year. 
when the ambulance service is facing a staffing crisis as the number of paramedics leaving the NHS almost doubles in four years. That's Nick Ferrari after the news at seven, which is after the morning news with Lisa Aziz. Looking at the papers today, Chief Operating Officer for Surface Transport at Transport for London, that's Garrett Emerson. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. Thank you, incidentally, for your, uh, for your cards. Today's little uh, batch of cards, some of them here. Uh, one from, uh, from Valerie, who comes from uh, Edgware. Thank you very much indeed. A lot of glitter this year. I specifically said no glitter, but we've obviously decided to ignore Stephen. And Ruth Dennison Clive over in uh, Banbridge in Northern Ireland. He says, thank you for a great year's listening. Hoping for more of the same in 2016. Nice card. Glitter. <laughs> little glitter. Not even big glitter now. Uh, Rita. Says you're special to so many of us in the morning. Uh, nice one, looking like a Christmas cracker, and it can only be from dawn in Ricelip. A cracker for a cracker, she says. Thank you very much indeed. And uh, another one here. I like, tradi- I like traditional cards, but to be honest with you, I've been taken with some quite modern ones as well. Uh, Betty from Windsor says, uh, over 30 years now listening, I'm still here, just <laughs> to join the club. 30 years listening, eh? That's not bad, is it? And Vivian Chelmsford says, look after yourself. You're still very precious to us 4am spikers. Still working at the local hospital as a volunteer now. And uh, so your 4am start has become my early morning call, Monday to Friday. Couldn't start the day any other way. Thank you very much indeed for that. Look at the glitter all over my hands now. Can't touch the face. I'm talking to Tina Fey later on. You know, she'll be saying, you've got glitter on your face. I'm going, listen, I can't help it. People send Christmas cards. Uh, front page of the Daily Star this morning. It's the man swimming in his kitchen. I mean, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't kind of laugh at it. You should really be, really just very sympathetic because his complete Christmas is screwed up. It's awful. Uh, the I'm a celeb wizened old trout, the oldest looking 66 year old in the business, old Colin Campbell, has warned her jungle rival, Duncan Bannatyne, she may take legal action against him. Oh, go away, woman. You're the bully. He'll only countersue you. And remember, he's a lot richer than you are. In fact, actually, just about everybody's a lot richer than you are. And uh, she also claims he attacked her son, Dimmer. Oh, dear, honestly, you're just an attention seeker, aren't you? Go away. Go away. Shoo! <sighs> Go away now. You're very boring. You're very dull. You're very old-looking. You're very haggard, and you haven't really got anything to say for yourself, apart from this bitterness which seems to emanate. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo has refused to deny gay rumours, as he admitted personal problems have blighted his form on the pitch. Listen, does it really make any difference? I mean, am I in the wrong world here? Does it really make any difference? He won't deny the gay claims. Well, he's quite clearly not gay, is he? He's got a child, so at the most he's going to be bisexual. What difference does that make? I should imagine there's quite a number of premiership players in this country who are bisexual or gay. There's probably a list somewhere. I could think of three off the top of my head immediately. But uh, and they won't come out. They won't come out, mainly because the fans would make life very difficult for them. Uh, rumours in America. Always rumours in America. This is, a, this is a new one for you. It's the fact that uh, Prince Harry and Pippa Middleton are enjoying a secret romance. Oh, God, honestly. <laughs> It's getting more tacky by the moment, isn't it, really? We always knew that Harry was a little bit tacky and Pippa Middleton's done the rounds. But uh, they first snogged at William and Kate's wedding in 2011 when they hooked up in a bathroom, says a shock report in America. Uh, they always put these sort of things in. The Americans buy into, oh, he's having a relationship with, with her. I mean, as if. as if. We'd have heard about it by now. There would be linkings. You'd see them. Wait a minute, because obviously people are watching him and people are watching her. Uh, here's, uh, oh yes, this is the woman who's in all the papers today, and, uh, she's bought her children more than 300 presents. And, of course, what she's done is she's printed a picture of it, um, which, of course, is obscene. But it's her business. 
She can do whatever she wants to do. I couldn't care less. What she's done, the cardinal sin she's done, is showed off. You know, she's a horrible little show-off. So Emma Tapping posted a photo of this huge pile of gifts underneath the Christmas tree. Well, you can't see the tree. It's buried under all these, all these presents. Critics accused her of spoiling her three kids, boasting about her wealth. She only got, um, I mean, what do I mean her wealth? All she is is she's just got, um, she's got a bed and breakfast place somewhere. Didn't got any wealth at all. I mean, she's got a tattoo and she sticks her boobs up, so you know what sort of person she is. Uh, others said she'd abuse the youngsters by buying them so much. But it's her business. It's her money. If I choose to spend my money every month on diamonds, would that make me a bad person? Not really. If I choose to spend it on, on you know, fillet steak and Prosecco or champagne, does that make me a bad person? No, you could spend it on what you want. If she chooses to do that, that's great. It's like me me printing a picture of, you know, here's some bottles of Prosecco, here's, here's me eating fillet steak. You wouldn't want to see that, and I wouldn't do it. But she's printed pictures as a show-off, because she's a, she's a person who isn't quite the brightest penny in the box. She says, the way I sit, because let's face it, she comes from the Isle of Man, she's got daughters aged 13 and 9 and a son of 19 months. I mean, but does she buy this every year? 300 presents. What are they living in, for God's sake? She says, the way I see it is you could buy your kids two presents or 200 presents. It's the way you bring them up. I'm not rich at all. I literally start from January and I shop all the way through. I use every bargain I can and every sale I can. It's about £1,500 worth. Anything full price, I refuse to pay. £1,500 worth. And one of the kids is 19 months old. What do they know? They're happy with paper. You could wrap an empty box up for a 19-month-old and just go, there you go, there's a present, and they just rip the paper off. Once they've ripped the paper off, they don't care. They couldn't care less that there's a present inside it. I know this through bitter experience. So I've always said, don't, don't waste your money buying little kids' presents because they don't, they don't need it. They don't know what a present is anyway. They just go, oh, it's pretty paper. You could stick a toffee in there that'd stick it in their mouth. I'm not advising you to stick a toffee in there, but, I mean, it's, it's, it's roughly that. They don't care. Like people who buy presents for cats and dogs, and people do buy presents for cats and dogs. It's all right if it's a squeaky, squeaky toy or something like that, or a sort of bone they can gnaw on. But you know, you don't need to buy them elaborate things. I mean, I I see these elaborate houses for hamsters. You know, so well, as hamsters spend most of the day asleep, there's not really like wake up, wake up, come on, come on. The hamsters going, will you just go away? I'm asleep. I do not wake up until ten to six. I shall have something to eat, a light bit of exercise on the wheel. And uh, then I shall annoy you all night. Other stories in the Daily Star today. There's a picture of uh, Coldplay, uh, James Bay at the O2 Academy, Justin Bieber. Just bought himself a a Lamborghini, which is great, which is fantastic. And, uh, oh, who's going to get married? Somebody told me somebody who's going to get married. Who's getting married? Oh, it's, hi you, Christine Bleakley's going to get married to that little footballer. Old Lamplang, uh, Lamp, whatever his face is. Uh, they get the, they're going to get married and they're going to have a, a real load of celebrities at their wedding. It'll be done for OK, I should imagine. It'll be low rent because that's the only thing she knows. And he'll be grateful. So they'll probably have Pip Schofield. Holly Willabooby will be there and, uh, and a few other people. Some of Lamps's footballing friends will be there. And uh, some of Christine Blakely's old agents, I should imagine. Uh, talking of old people, forget Halloween. Christmas can actually be one of the spookiest times of the year. Who says so? Well-known creep, Derek Acora. Apparently, he's been joined for a Christmas seance at the Georgian House Hotel in Hazelmere after reports of ghastly goings-on. Yes, another load of old hooey from Derek Acora. Apparently, there was an audible tapping on the table in between Derek Acora and somebody else. Yes, that would have been him doing it, OK? Let's not beat around the bush here. Let's not, not try and pretend that Derek Acora's got any more power than I have in the studio. What was that? 
What was that? Where did that come from? What sort of noise was that? Is there somebody in here? Hello, would you like... Who are you? Who are you? Are you a person from a distant, distant pass of this house? What's your name? What is your name? Don't throw things around in the studio. God in heaven, this place is so haunted. It's unbelievable. We've got to get Derek Acora in here. Woof, woof, woof. Is that you, Spot? Woof, woof. Lassie, go home. Oh, Skippy, what have you joined us for? Oh, it goes on, doesn't it? I tell you, this place is haunted. Frightening, frightening. Oh, dear. There's a Christmas edition of the ghastly Keith Lemon trashy programme. And um, I think you'll find that uh, Holly Willoughby's going to be on it, talking about going commando. Tacky, tacky, tacky. But Fern McCann is set to quit the Essex show. Well, don't talk about it, dear. Do it. Do us all a favour. Do it now. Pals claim... This will be her agent trying to drum up some interest in her. Uh, she's eager for a breakaway following her stint in the jungle, where she came third. In other words, loser. Loser. The 25-year-old is keen to keep her distance from some of the bitchy Towie cast members. Her, of course, being the prime bitchy Towie cast member. A source said, Firm came across amazingly well in the jungle. This is her agent talking. Uh, and showed her true self and has won a new army of fans. No, she hasn't. She's won nobody over at all. She came third. Loser. Loser. OK? It'd be like taking ten steps back to go to Towie. Um, it isn't appealing, so she's planning to hand in a notice and do something different. I know, I think Boots are looking for Christmas staff at the moment, Fern. Perhaps you could get a job down there. Lauren Goodger has hinted she wants to make a full-time comeback because she's had no work on the outside at all. It's all died for, for poor old uh, Lauren. But you don't want her. Old Trout Pout. No point putting her back in. She left three years ago, but she's landed a cameo in The Only Way is Xmas. Lauren, 47, says, I've missed it. Of course you have, dear. There's no work, is there, for you? Fern's spokeswoman says she has no current plans to leave because they don't want to make it look as though it's, she's, she's too desperate and sort of biting the hand that feeds because they want to make sure that if she leaves Towie, they can kind of cover it for her to go back again should it all fail on the outside. What she can do, I can't imagine. Walk up and down the road in a very short miniskirt, stand under a shower in a bra. That's about it, isn't it, really? There's nothing else going on for her. And then, uh, and then as long as they make sure she keeps her mouth zipped up, that'll be better because she, she cannot open her mouth without swearing. It's disgusting, really. It really is. For, for a girl to be seen swearing and using all this, this sort of language, very unnecessary. Very, very unnecessary. But that's Fern McCann for you. Same as Vicky Pattinson. She'll have sex live on television if you want. And then try and pretend that that wasn't her at all. That was her then and she doesn't, doesn't drink her in. They're trying to repackage her, but you know, leopards never change their spots. 14 minutes to five. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. I'm just looking at the uh, at the old lamps and hi you. Uh, wedding list, apparently. They've been engaged for the last four years. I mean, it's, it's kind of dragging it out a bit. Her uh, TV career's all but finished. Uh, I think people suddenly realise that they gave her a programme on Ireland. It was a little bit patronising and it wasn't particularly good. Other people do it better. But uh, they reckon they're going to tie the knot in ten days' time. They've asked Ed Sheeran to be their official wedding singer. God, honestly, I can tell what route we're going down here. And um, they're only inviting close pals. So John Terry. Oh God, don't invite the family. Don't invite the family. You know what goes on there? Uh, also Rio Ferdinand and Wayne Rooney. God, it's all the old chavs, isn't it? Blimey, they're dragging them out for this one. And um, Chelsea boss Jose Mourinho. Uh, former Dancing on Ice and The One Show host Christine... Oh, God, that was donkeys years ago. Shows how bad the career's gone. It's thought to have invited Pip Schofield and Susanna Reid. Apparently, a source said, the agent, that they've had the date set for a while. They've been trying to keep it under wraps. They want it to be an intimate affair and have only invited close friends and family. They haven't signed a big magazine deal because it's not their style. Really? I thought she sold everything. 
Hasn't she really? I must have got the wrong person there. Uh, Ed is keen, but already has something in the diary, so he's trying to move things in order to make it. Oh, I wouldn't bother doing it. It'll be, listen, if it's only close friends and family, I wouldn't bother. It's a naff affair. And also, if you're not going to make it into the newspapers, very dull. Chelsea legend Frank, who now plays for New York, says Christine and him were both previously engaged. Yeah, riveting. Does anybody really care? You know, naff couple, get married. Oh, yawn, yawn, yawn. And no big magazine deal, so it's obviously not that exciting, is it? Remember the hotel killing I told you about the other day? A fugitive shot dead at a hotel in a gangland execution was a drug dealer who mixed with the Towie stars. And they've got a picture of him in the paper today with, um, with Mark Wright. And uh, Arge Argent paid tribute to him the other day. Paid tribute to a drug dealer? What in God's name are you thinking of, mate? We know that you've had your issues, do we not, Arge, with drugs? I was wondering where they came from. Wondering where they came from. But um, it's all a bit odd. Uh, fitness fan Simmons Turner also bought a Range Rover from Spurs star Carl Walker, paying 65 grand in cash. I didn't think you were allowed to pay for things in cash nowadays. £65,000 in cash. A friend says that he mixed with uh, Chloe Sims, Amy Childs and so on. None of them knew what he was really up to, he's always been in, although he's always been involved in the drug scene. Well, he's dead now, isn't he? Uh, they say he was a drugs lord. Well, a, a dead drugs lord. No point in doing that. Is that. Why do people not see the light? Why do they not see... I don't quite understand why. You know, you have yourself pictured with all these people, and, you know, certain people in Towie have been mixing quite clearly with the wrong people. We know that poor Arge is a, is a man on a mission. The mission is to work out who, in God's name, he really is. And so to sort of hang around and go, I'll really miss him. He's a drugs dealer. And if you didn't know he was drugs dealing, then, then you're pretty stupid, mate. You really are absolutely ridiculous, honestly. And then they die, and this one was shot in a car park. Shot in a car park. A source close to Mark Wright said, Mark was not friends with Paul Simmons Turner, and has never socialised with him. He was aware of who he was, as he's from the same area, but Mark has had photographs with thousands of people. Well, he's aware of who he is, so he knew exactly who he was when he had the picture taken. And there it is, you know. But as I say, hit victim was drug lord. They call them that now, don't they? Drug lords. I don't quite understand it. A violent Romanian held up a bookies and mugged an 86-year-old within weeks of coming to the UK. Uh, Valentin Liocan and an accomplice stole £200. It's so easy for these Romanian criminals to come over here and get away with what's tantamount to murder nowadays. Anyway, he's been given uh, 32 months. Lovely. That's what we like to see. And then perhaps we can deport him at the end of it. We don't really want people like that in this country. They're of no use to us. Go back and sort of rob people in Romania, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, somebody talking about doing the, uh, the shopping. I've finished the shopping. I'm doing no more... I'm doing no more Christmas shopping. I've decided it's money in envelopes. Money in envelopes. People don't want presents, they want money in envelopes. And so that's what they're going to to get. Uh, Rod Little, in his column today, talking about uh, uh, Angela Halliwell. Come on, you know who Angela Halliwell is. We talked about her yesterday on the programme, and we've mentioned her this morning on the programme. She's the one outraged. I'm outraged. I'm outraged by an animation she saw on the BBC. It was on an award-winning programme called The Ooglies. Shows the breakfast time scenario with a toast soldier chopping the head off a boiled egg. That's what you do, isn't it? You take the head off the boiled egg and you eat it. Uh, Mrs Halliwell says it was an ISIS-style execution of the poor egg. I mean, God knows. <laughs> you just wonder, don't you, really? You need to go around and check on these people. Are they allowed to bring children into the world? Why? Uh, kids could think extreme violence like beheading is normal, she said, and has complained to Ofcom. What is wrong with these people, writes Rod Little? Don't they have anything better to do? If the toast soldier had been dressed in black and was screaming Ali Akbar, then maybe she'd have a point, Angela Lovey says. 
Make yourself a nice cup of tea and calm down. Children are a lot less stupid than you think they are. I mean, she's just ridiculous. What an attention seeker. You know, I'm sorry, kids are going to think it's a beheading. It's knocking the... You know, didn't we do that with... I'm surprised she's not complained about the potato thing. You know, where they said, oh, to make mashed potato years ago, you would then beat their heads in. You know, smash, smash, smash. For mash, get smash. And that was it. I'm surprised she's not complained about that one. Perhaps she's not old enough to have seen that one at all. But uh, interesting. Naomi Campbell needs a hip replacement. I wish she'd have a mouth replacement. Oh, dear. Horrible woman. Horrible. And uh, Vicky Beckham, here she is, wearing an oversized roll-neck sweater, which is sort of quite sweet. I don't know where she gets these ideas from. But uh, she was pictured leaving at the airport in New York in the white jumper from her own collection. Yes, because you said, I'd like to see Victoria Beckham's drawings for all these things. That could be funny. But um, hubby Dave was looking after the four kids in London. So she sort of just, as I say, they have completely separate lives. He sort of wanders about, sort of going to Pizza Hut and sort of getting things from Greg's. And uh, she goes in and out of an airport with a photographer. So you can take a picture of her coming out of an airport again. It's kind of in an effort to try and ingratiate herself to just about the entire world. But most of the entire world don't particularly care about it. So it's, it's woman very painfully thin walking through airport. Not very exciting at all, is it? I'm sure somebody finds it exciting somewhere. Uh, lovely one here from, uh, from Beth. I listen to you every night from Colorado. Want to let you know that most of us here despise Donald Trump. He has a following of ignorant, uninformed people, but it doesn't stand a chance after the primary elections. To be honest with you, I'm so bored with Donald Trump. I was bored with his hair about 15 years ago. I haven't actually gone any, uh, any further with it at all. And um, uh, Katie Hopkins said when Donald Trump wins the election, she's going to move to America. Uh, you don't say, you can't be that stupid. You don't really believe this, do you? It's like when certain people say in this country, celebrities, oh, you know, if so-and-so gets in, I'm going to leave the country. And she'd be a migrant then, you see, and he wouldn't want a migrant. So you haven't quite thought your argument out, have you, really? Simpleton, I realise, obviously not the brightest penny in the box, but uh, struggling, I suppose, with the English language, as you do. You haven't quite got to grips with that one. You really haven't. Uh, thank you to, uh, to June. Who, uh, who feeds foxes, but the feed is at the bottom of the garden and it's laced with a contraceptive she gets from the vet. We used to see cubs every year, not seen a cub for four years now, so it's well worth the cost. Oh, yes, we don't want cubs, do we, or things like that. Definitely not. Uh, Haddie has taken a picture of the Twickenham Christmas tree. Yeah, we got them yesterday as well. We got them. It's, I, was amazed. I spoke to the lady who was responsible for it. I said, how many lights are on the tree? She said, oh. I said, well, I've got a thousand on my tree. I said, this looks like 10,000 lights. And apparently they wanted to make an impact. So now they've actually got the lights, then we can use them for, uh, for next year. And the year after that, and the year after that, which is good news. Five to five. The East Ender star. This is Timothy West, who's uh, talking of the heartbreak, watching his wife Prunella Scales disappear before his eyes as she slowly become, uh, sort of succumbs to dementia. Uh, having worked with, with the lovely Prunella Scales and knowing their son from years and years and years ago, they're absolutely charming. They're a lovely couple. I was delighted you know, that their marriage, out of all the odds, has survived. It can't be a, an easy time for him. And he says it's very heartbreaking to see Prue disappear. But uh, they're, very, they're very solid as a family. Very, very solid. They'll have lots of support around them. I saw them on the train about a year ago. They were going into something, and she looked a little bit frail then. But we worked with her years ago. I worked with Prunella Scales for the royal wedding, as you know. That was the ill-fated Sarah Ferguson and, and Randy Andy, as was known. So we wish them the, the very best, especially him, actually. And, uh, and we hope that everything uh, turns out 
to be as, as positive as it can be. Uh, a Cambridge University women's officer wants a public apology from the BBC. I want a public apology. It's a bit like an Anne Whittacombe story, this one. Uh, after a local radio host told her it was nice of you to get out of the kitchen. I love these local radio hosts on the BBC. Charlotte Chorley was disgusted. Oh, you can't have been disgusted, dear. Mildly annoyed, but not disgusted. Don't be silly, please. With the remark by the uh, the person before he asked her her view on Tyson Fury's comments about women. She said she was incredibly disrespected by his attitude. Oh, God in heaven. What is the matter with people nowadays? I was incredible. I was disgusted. Were you really? Were you really? I'm surprised you've been out actually by yourself. How can people get so offended by something? You know, can't you, can't you handle it? Can't you sort of just, you know, deal with it? As opposed to going, I was disgusted, I want a public apology. God oh, blimey. It's just, you kind of lose the will to live, don't you, really? Or in the case of Cynthia Payne, the will to die. And so Cynthia died. She was uh, 82. She made headlines in the 70s and 80s. She was a regular on LBC. She was good value for the chat shows. They liked it. They'd never had an actual brothel madam appearing on the television. A little short, dumpy woman. You know, she looked like your favourite next-door neighbour, used to have these parties. And uh, so the mourners were in French maid outfits at the funeral in Mitcham, and four men dressed up as policemen to carry her coffin, because she got raided by, by the police. And there is a film out, it's called Personal Services, it's got uh, Julie Walters in it. It's a very good little film. How much of it was accurate remains to be seen. This, uh, this week for In Conversation, we've got Eddie the Eagle Edwards. And uh, he's got a biopic coming out. He reckons only about 10% of the film will be accurate. He said the rest will just be made up. He's a plasterer by, by trade, incidentally. And we had a good little chat the other day because more and more of the old Brits, that's you, are going skiing. Going skiing. And he's also got that programme Jump coming back. They were, they were getting a bit desperate for celebrities last time round. Uh, they do have celebrities this time round. Who they are, they've not told him. But I'm sure it'll be interesting. Perhaps old Spencer Matthews, you know. You know, steroid Spencer, as we call him now, could apparently go in for it. Or is he going to go into the celebrity version? Gemma Collins has already done every other show under the sun, hasn't she? There's nothing more you can put her in. She's a bit of a waste of space. So there's nothing we can do with sort of Gemma Collins. I mean, perhaps she'll just sort of go on a sponsored diet or perhaps go and live somewhere else. Uh, Carol says, if feeding pigeons kills them, tell me how I can buy a lorry load of feed. I hate every blasted one and the mess they make. Yes, I agree with you. We don't like pigeons. The only good pigeon is under the wheel of your car, but uh, we never seem fortunate enough to get We don't, seriously. I mean, you see them in the road around Trafalgar Square and up down here, and you look in the mirror, and there they are still pecking away in the road. I think they just duck. Uh, the Rigby Killer sues over knocked-out teeth. I think they're going to fight that one. Uh, after hearing it's going to cost about 50 million minimum to sort out the flood damage, Prince Charles's 40 grand donation the other day seems a little bit cheap. Uh, the Fury complaints, this is Tyson Fury and his comments about homosexuals. Uh, the complaint is by a gay ex copper. Gloominess doesn't cause a shorter life, it's war. Cheryl's, oh, she'll be very familiar with this. Old Cheryl Spagbowl hurt her two families, busted up on the X Factor battle bus. So, of course, you remember Cheryl's uh, trademark. Uh, is Katie turning into Diana and the TV chef fires 40 people on Christmas Eve? On. This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. It's Thursday. It's the 10th of December. 
It is, it is definitely going slower, isn't it, than I thought November went. November whizzed through very quickly, but December's definitely going slower. Uh, the Fury complaint is by a gay ex-copper. Quite a number. Do you know there is a gay and lesbian Metropolitan Police Federation group, which has got quite a number of members in it. Gloominess does not cause a shorter life. It's war. The bust up on the X Factor battle bus. I bet old Chesar was in there for that one. Uh, the aged old trout um, claims that Duncan Bannatyne's girlfriend is after him for his money. As opposed to, you know, nobody sort of mentioned... She's a horrible piece of work. She really is. And victory for Claudia. The fire rules will change on those kiddies' clothing that sets fire very, very fast. Not good. Chef Nigella pours scorn on fad diet. And the TV chef who's firing 40 is Jamie Oliver. He's closing down one of his... Um Training things, and I think whether or not it was on the cards anyway, I don't know. It's uh, it's on the cards to close, I think, on Christmas Eve. It's not very good, is it, really? Not very good at all. And uh, <coughs> the other story, which uh, I think Nick Ferrari is covering this morning, is record numbers of paramedics quitting the NHS. I don't know where they're going to, but they just seem to be seem to be quitting. Uh, pictures of David Bowie. I mean, he looks amazing. I mean, he's he's you know he's sixty eight. He just doesn't look it, does he? I mean, whether or not he climbs into bed and goes, oh, God, I'm exhausted, I don't know. But he looks absolutely amazing. I mean, really fantastic for that age. Uh, The con man. I like con men because they're always so funny. And they always get caught, don't they? They always get caught, so they're not the brightest pennies. This is one who uh, posed as an aristocrat. I know, I thought I was going to be reading as well, Lady Colin Campbell. But uh, Alexander Wood checked in as the 12th Duke of Marlborough, a distant relative of Winston Churchill. He also claimed to be hiding from a criminal who threatened his life. He comes from South End. He paid with dud checks and tried to flee one hotel by saying he had to go outside to get reception on his phone. He has served uh, three years for a similar con, admitted fraud, and has now been jailed for three and a half years. He's obviously a bit simple, isn't he? Poor soul, honestly. But uh, they saw through him. Because you can spot these people now, and that's why every time I see Colin Campbell on the television, and I go, you're no lady. You might have married somebody to get the title, but frankly, you're as common as muck. You really are. In fact, actually, I think that's a good name for her. I think we'll have to call her Common as Muck Campbell from now on. Uh, There's also a picture in the paper today. We shouldn't laugh, really. It's a wanted burglar. And this is uh, Caelan Cossack, 18. He was, uh, uh, due to his, uh, his picture on the internet... Uh, he's had 40,000 comments because he's got sticky-out ears. Sticky-out ears. He's wanted for allegedly stealing computer games, consoles and a laptop. Uh, people have joked about his parents being Mr and Mrs Potato Head. And uh, cops in Wigan didn't find it funny. It says, can I remind the comedian, this is a request for information about a person for a theft act. This post will be removed once this person's name, the person named, is detained. And, um... It said they've got a picture of him, but he has got sticky-out ears. I used to have a producer, Dave, who used to have sticky-out ears years ago, and he had an operation. It's a fairly simple operation. It just involves taking a little bit of skin from the back of the ear and then sewing it up, and it pulls the ear into the into the head. So it would be a thing. But he does look as he's about to take off. But the, uh, the police are not finding it as funny as everybody else has who's been viewing it on the uh, internet. Everybody else going, ha, 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 ha. And the police going, no, this is actually quite, quite serious. We're looking for this person in connection with a burglary. So that's why it's fairly serious. Uh, anyway, um, what else do we have? Oh, yes, the, the gay police officer. And uh, he says, I picked a fight with Tyson over gay slurs. This is former constable Ian Sawyer. He said he complained to the police because he found the world heavyweight champion's remarks unacceptable. Yes, I agree. I think everybody's agreed they are unacceptable. He's gone from hero to zero. And that's uh, Ian Sawyer. 
Uh, also, the Olympic long jump champion Greg Rutherford has labelled Tyson Fury a bigot. Uh, there was rumours that he was going to be pulling out of the Personality of the Year, but he said no, he's not. But he doesn't do it. I'm just waiting. I'm surprised nobody's phoned up Claire Baldwin and said, have you got any thoughts on this one? I mean, is she hosting the programme? You know, I wonder really whether or not people will be saying anything. But again, the BBC, oh, no, no, have no intention of dropping him from Personality of the Year. And so they stick their heads in the sand, like they did over Jimmy Savile, like they've done over quite a number of people, actually, over the years. They kind of sort of pretend it doesn't happen because they're a law unto themselves. Uh, Ricky says, I want the truth on trial before I die. This is Ricky Tomlinson. Uh, he fears he'll be dead and buried before secret papers on his jailing for a 1972 industrial dispute are revealed. Last night, he issued a fresh demand for the release of files relating to the Shrewsbury 24. They picketed building sites and were later charged with offences, including intimidation and damage uh, for property. Six were jailed. Ricky served 16 months. I like him. I'd like to talk to him for in conversation. I really would. I think he's a fascinating character. Fascinating. I think he's a great actor. He's one of those actors. There's a, there's a picture on one of the papers today, which you're going to love, uh, because it's a Christmassy picture. And, oh, wait a minute. It's a Christmassy picture. It's of uh, Jim Broadbent, who is playing Ebenezer Scrooge at the Noel Coward Theatre. He said here, uh, he's making his long-awaited return to the stage a decade, ten years after his last major role. He said rehearsing the Dickens role had made him reflect on his own generosity. I love him. I think he's fabulous. I love him. I think years ago I did talk to Jim Broadbent. It was a long, 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 long time ago. But the idea, I mean, he he could be Scrooge. He could be Scrooge. He's got one of those faces. He just looks right. He looks right for the part. Uh, more in your uh, texts and emails. 84850. Apparently on the, uh, on the Frank Lampshade wedding, uh, Colleen Rooney uh, finally has a date to put in the diary at long last, somewhere to wear one of those hideous uh, dresses she buys. She buys all these hideous clothes. She's got nowhere to wear them. She doesn't know where to wear them. And so she, um, she, she'll, she'll be able to put, oh, you've got a date in the diary. Ha, <laughs> Don't know what to wear. What am I going to wear? What am I going to wear? That'd be nice, wouldn't it? I'll tell you what's even funnier. I read in the paper earlier on today. I'm sure I read it in, in one of the papers today, because I remember thinking, I must make a mental note. Apparently, Rylan, you remember Rylan? Uh, is going to be writing his autobiography. Who in God's name is going to be buying that? I can't imagine. But the uh, the funny thing is, they, they were sort of talking about the fact that he's... Uh, because he knows loads of gossip. He doesn't know anything at all, actually. He really knows nothing. He just picks it up from the newspapers. Not not very clever. But they, they've said he's going to be writing his autobiography where he talks about... Uh, what was it they were saying? He's going to be talking about his, his time uh, working on The X Factor. And let me find the article. Because whatever it was, it was so funny. I remember thinking... Who is going to be buying that? Who would be buying that? They say, actually, he's been offered £100,000 to write his autobiography. I'll give him 20 quid if he doesn't bother. How about that one? That'd be quite nice, wouldn't it? I like, I like the idea that, uh, that nobody would be buying this book. It'd be remaindered in Poundland very, very quickly. Because, I mean, he's just not done anything. You know, the fact that he's sort of gay and he's on the television is not really enough nowadays. They're looking for something a little bit more... But uh, unfortunately, in the case of Ryland, there is no more. It's a very shallow existence. They say here, he will lift the lid on his private life. What private life? What pri- I mean, you have to laugh, don't you, at the sheer audacity of it. Uh, including his marriage uh, to fellow Big Brother housemate, ex-cop Dan Neal, and his friendship with Katie Price. I don't think so, dear. She'll be clamping down on you straight away. Nobody likes it. She hates it if people try and make money out of her. And also, what can you possibly tell us? Two dreary, boring people with silly voices both talk to each other. What's exciting about that? 
He's also got plenty of tales from shows he's starred in, including Celebrity Masterchef and This Morning. Yeah, really? <laughs> what, what, what exciting tales? I turned up for my £250 fee and read out some letters from listeners. Really? Riveting stuff already, isn't it? A source said a few stars out there are likely to be quaking in their boots. I don't think so. I don't, really don't think so. Anything that Ryland writes will be in crayon and appealing to the three-year-olds. It's of no interest to anybody at all. He's not, not done anything. You know, getting married to a, an ex-cop, Dan Neal, and his friendship with Katie Price. That's the basis of it, is it shows what a shallow existence you've got. Shows what a show. Nothing else going on in your life apart from things that have happened on programmes. God, blimey. I'm bored already just reading the stuff out. It's too dreary for words. Honestly, these people. Uh, so has, um, dum, 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 dum. has there been a spike in the use of the word spike? says Michael. Uh, there's always a spike. I, mean, I think there's a spike at five as well, actually. I think the, the spike goes for, uh, goes for some time. Goes for some time. Jason says, listen, every morning on my walk to the station, complete darkness on my route, but your show brings much light and laughter. Well, I'm hoping it says light and laughter. It uh, might be completely different. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Uh, Miriam says, um, one more thing I must say about the Royal Variety performance. I think anybody from the Royal family who attends ought to get double money. Yes. Um, but I see in the paper that Jack Somebody, or rather him with the ghastly father double act, uh, piped up to insult Prince Harry with lewd jokes and double entendres. Yes, full of it. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, I don't really class it as a Royal Variety performance if, if old Harry turns up. You know, the man who takes all his kit off in a, in a Las Vegas hotel room. That's not very exciting, is it, really? And it certainly wasn't very exciting. But uh, how can people be stupid and go along with all this stuff that's in the, uh, the newspapers? Yeah, I haven't seen the programme Cheaters. I know about it. It's an American programme, isn't it? It's on, uh, on Freesat. And, uh, and and what what they actually do is they uh, they go out there and people who who've had their husbands cheating on they do the same on all the programs in America they do the same here the Jeremy Kyle uh, debacle does it uh, Jerry Springer does it over in America numerous shows that do it where they go on there and they say so yeah I've been cheating on you but we just had a baby honey I can't understand why you want to cheat with me and uh, over in America they've got that. That bin program, you know, we open up one of those double doors and they go, do you want to bin on this bid on this rubbish that's inside this sort of shack? There's a couple of couple of embarrassing people in America, some uh, storage wars. And then they've got the British version. Well, I'm assuming they were the rejects who didn't make it to the Jeremy Kyle show. You've never seen such a bunch of degenerates. I can't I seriously can't believe these people are allowed on television. They're all idiots. I mean, some of them are so stupid. You seriously. I mean, there was a bloke on the train the other day. I was sitting there and I thought, oh God, it's caring the community again. He had sort of wild hair and a staring look and he was going, banging on the window and everything else. And I'm thinking, oh dear God. A couple of women got on and then moved in the carriage. You think to yourself, you don't really trapped in with somebody like that, do you? Quarter past five. Nick and the team, after seven this morning, Britain's cut travel to London in the wake of the Paris terror attacks to the point that one of the UK's largest transport operators has cut its profit forecast for the year. Are you afraid to come to London? The head of terror group Islamic State comes second in a US magazine poll for Person of the Year. And the ambulance service is facing a staffing crisis as the number of paramedics leaving the NHS almost doubles in four years. That's Nick and the team at seven. After the morning news with Lisa Aziz, Garrett Emerson, Chief Operating Officer for Surface Transport at Transport for London, will be looking at the papers for today. And the, uh, and the papers are full of the, uh, the usual great story. Great stories, including... Um, Eddie Redmayne, tipped to repeat his success uh, for a second Oscar. 
He's very clever. He's very clever. He's just got to keep it going. That's the trick nowadays, isn't it? Keeping it going. That is the trick. And cheer up. Being miserable won't kill you after all. In fact, being miserable is actually quite good. It's quite good to be grumpy, as uh, Victor Meldrew proved time and time again. Paul says, just where is the variety in the Royal Variety Show? Every act was singers. There's no specialty acts at all. It was just a, a variable pop concert. Yes, I mean, it's, it, it sort of it changed from being a variety show some years ago. I think what it always used to be, the, the format for the Royal Variety is, and I think the Royal Family have come to dread it, because it, it can run for some, some time. I love it personally, but that's just me. And um, you sort of get a singer on there. It's always somebody promoting their latest single, and they, always, they even announce it, don't they? They go, you know, they, they sing all their hits, and then they go, and this is my latest single. And so we have to sit there and listen to this this sort of dreary bit of uh, of propaganda. And you're right, you don't get any variety any variety acts on there, which is which is the bit that I always want. I used to like the variety acts, but we don't we don't get them. So you do get singers. Then you'll always have a clip from a musical that's either coming into town or leaving town or going away from town anywhere else. And uh, and then you'll have a couple of comedians. And then you'll have somebody terribly deep and meaningful so they can flog the show to America. So it'll be, you know, Kiriti Kanawa or, or some pianist or something like that. Which is good, you know, it's, it's very nice. But you're right, the, the word variety seems to have disappeared a little bit uh, out of it. And you know it's bad when the royal box starts answering back to the stage. That's how bad it's got. You know, Prince Harry has got no, no sort of decorum at all. The Queen, can you ever imagine the Queen sitting there, somebody going, Hello, Your Majesty, nice to see you in the box. And she goes, What? Never going to happen, is it? Never going to happen. But Prince Harry, of course, you do get that. You know, when, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, I'm, here, I'm here with my friends. Yeah. I'm everybody back to Vegas. Come on, let's all take our clothes off. That kind of stuff. According to the US magazine, second time I mentioned it, but I'll tell you now, uh, Harry and Pippa in love. Oh, God. I do hope not. I'm, I'm assuming it's just another one of these silly American stories which they actually put up there, and they, uh, and they then go, do you think anybody will pick up on this? And and that's and that's right, actually. That's exactly what they do. Exactly. Uh, they'll know the drill by now. Third flood in ten years. And here they are in Cumbria. I don't know why Cumbria should be singled out for this. But the mud and everything else as the river comes rushing in, it's quite ghastly, quite ghastly. And so the Daily Mail are doing a, a flood appeal. As I say, should, should they not really approach David Beckham and go, um, David, would, would you like to give £100,000 to the flood appeal? You know, Cristiano Ronaldo, would you like to give some money to the flood appeal? All these terribly rich footballers. Hello, Mr and Mrs Rooney, uh, would you like to give £100,000 to help these people? No, we wouldn't. I wonder what the answer would be coming back. Uh, David's already done his commitments for charity this year. Oh, right, that's OK then. Which ones were they, by the way? You know, you'd like to think, wouldn't you, that the richer the person, the more they would like to give to charity. There's no, there's no compulsion to give to charity. I mean, we all know that old Chesa uh, is giving to charity her own charity, uh, and it's to help poor, disadvantaged people, I think, in Newcastle, which I'm sure she is the first one. She is a poor and disadvantaged person from Newcastle. But with all that money, do these people give to charity? I should imagine it's probably tax-deductible. Margaret McCracken, she said, a soldier saved me from the nightmare. She's pictured in the paper the other day being... um, She's a grandmother of four. She had to be carried by soldiers. She's lived in the house for 50 years. It's not very good. And here is uh, the man taking a dip... And this is uh, Peter Clarkson. He's 72. He put his trunks on and went for a swim in the kitchen. Uh, now the water's receded. He's still smiling, but literally it's up to the top of the work surfaces. He thought he could have pulled the plug on the sink and actually managed to get rid of it all, but uh, but not. Uh, Osborne says, I'll match the male readers pound for pound. Uh, also, people with holiday homes 
saying, you know, can you help people out? But there is a horrible story of somebody who's uh, who's cheating people who've been caught up in this. But the moment the pa- Ooh, the moment the uh, the papers get involved, they backtrack like there's no tomorrow. I mean, in this particular case, they really have to backtrack like there's no tomorrow. Uh, 10,000 Christmas tree lights in Twickenham, says Ian. Looks like Heathrow's found its third runway lights. Well, we've got loads of lights up now. I think Sandy's has sort of set the thing. When I saw the Christmas tree yesterday, we've also got... Somebody came round and started graffitiising yesterday. I think he's called Mr Lager or something like that. I'm reliably informed when some of the local traders catch him, he won't be drinking lager for much longer. <laughs> it's, uh, he's graffitiised all over Twickenham. He must be new in the area. We're all suspecting he's come from Hounslow. It's one of these sort of people who go round with a can of spray paint and write their silly name everywhere. They're generally of limited intelligence. And as I say, once you've found out who they are, you want to go round and spray paint their house. See how they like it. And uh, as we said before, uh, Jack Whitehall was terrible as host of the Royal Variety. He refers to Harry as Prince Henry of Wales. Well, he is Prince Henry of Wales. He really is. And uh, so that's why he is, he is Prince Henry of Wales. Called Harry, but Prince Harry. Uh, another one here. Oh, Patsy, are you on your medication still today? I think you really are, aren't you? And so... I tell you what we do now. Let's put you out of your misery. Sorry, there you go, Patsy. Sorted that one out. There you go. <laughs> You'll be wondering why nobody's ever heard of you in about uh, about five minutes' time. I knew somebody who had sticky out ears. I said, you know, uh, uh, I said, who do you work with? He said, Noddy. See, sticky out ears. Wasn't there a song about Mr. Free Ears? That sticky out ears. I think it was medicinal compound, most efficacious in every way. Well, Lily the Pink was the song. I have to go through it actually. I have to go through it to find it just to, to, to remember what the uh, what the song was. But it had sticky out ears. But you can get it cured. But it's only because they're um, they're actually sort of not. You can have a little operation, and it can be sorted out terribly, terribly quickly. So that's good news, isn't it? Which is good news. And uh, Pat says, Mr and Mrs Rooney could house a family in their unused kitchen. Yes, because we've, we've decided when they showed us around their luxurious house, uh, they have this kitchen, which is worth a small fortune, but they can't cook either of them. They can't. They, they've never cooked in their lives. They, they wouldn't know how to. Uh, I should imagine he just gets takeaway chips and she probably sort of reheats the pizza. But they've got no idea. I think the parents have to come around and cook for them because they're a little bit useless. You would have thought with all that time on her hands to take holidays, she'd have had cooking lessons by now, wouldn't you? That would be a good idea, you know. So what would you like? I mean, I don't know what he would buy her for Christmas. It'll be something vacuous. But I would have thought, actually, it would have been quite nice if, if he bought her cookery lessons. And, uh, and then she could learn how to sort of reheat um, different things. Because that, that would be a nice present to have, wouldn't it? Cookery lessons. Uh, the one song Frank Sinatra hated, apparently, was My Way. Um, but he was given up for dead at birth. He was called Frank after a mix-up. His teen nickname was Scarface. His first girl fans were paid to scream. Uh, his tipple was Jack Daniels. We knew about that because he'd have his cigarettes going. When he did his legendary recording, he would have the, the Jack Daniels tippling away. Uh, he was only five foot seven, so he wore lifts in his shoes to make him look a little bit uh, taller. He had several suicide attempts. Uh... He was always ready for a kidnap. Uh, he hated the Godfather author. Of course, he would have done, actually. And he was buried with booze and cigarettes. Uh, his friends put a bottle of Jack Daniels in his pocket when he was buried and a pack of camel cigarettes and a Zippo lighter. His gravestone reads, The best is yet to come. His last words were, I'm losing. Uh, he suffered a heart attack on May the 14th, 1998. 
His journey to hospital was through empty streets because most people were at home watching the final episode of the TV comedy Seinfeld. His life couldn't be saved. His last words were, I'm losing. The Empire State Building was lit up in blue in tribute. He was a fusspot about red carpets. Uh, apparently his contracts always specified that the red carpet leading from his dressing room to the stage must be anchored by tacks no more than 18 inches apart. But I think people do that as a joke. I've, I've heard of, you know, different groups and they say, oh, we want in our rider uh, smarties, but you've got to remove all the blue ones. And they do it as a, just to see whether or not people go along with it. Who was that person who appeared at the BBC, had to have her tea at the right temperature, and also the walls had to be covered in a particular colour, uh, everything had to be so certain. If it wasn't, they would have you know, the most awful diva tantrums, which I used to think they're just doing it to experiment, aren't they? I think they I never thought they were actually doing it to be serious. I seriously thought that people put riders in. You know, I only want um, I think here when we had the Kardashians in the building, they wanted particular water. And so they got particular water and particular crisps and they didn't have any of it. They didn't use any of it when they came in. Whereas me, I always take as much water as possible. God, I can't get enough bottled water. But the Kardashians came in, had to lay on all this water and certain food, and they didn't, they didn't use any of it, which I was a little bit disappointed with. I was expecting them to actually, you know, sort of do, do something like that, but they didn't. Um, lovely bubbly. Lovely bubbly. The French champagne giant is going to make sparkling wine in England. I don't like sparkling wine. I like Prosecco, but I don't like sparkling wine. Sparkling wine sounds a bit naff, doesn't it, really? But that might be the thing that finds its way onto the, onto the Christmas table. So I've already had one Christmas lunch. I've got another Christmas lunch this week. Next week, I think I've got two Christmas lunches. We haven't even got to Christmas yet. I'm going to be as big as a barrel. I really, I'm going to be absolutely enormous. Enormous. Uh, the Lion's... It's amazing how many old stories there are in the papers today that I did over the last couple of days. The lion stars of the Big Cat Diary found poisoned and two Maasai uh, farmers have been arrested. I mean, I don't know why they'd want to poison... Well, we know why they poisoned them. It's because they thought that the lions were eating their cattle. So they decided to put a cattle down there and it was laced with poison. And so a number of the lions actually died. Uh, will climate change... This is a question for after the news. Will the climate change push IKEA meatballs off the menu? I love meatballs. Meatballs, onion gravy and mashed potato. I could be a very, very happy person. It's uh, coming up to 5.30. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to 6. It's Thursday morning. Oh, it's not. You don't want to get up, do you? You really do not want to get up this morning. This morning, you really want to phone up and go, I don't feel very well. Try and get away with it. It's not easy. Uh, John wrote to me yesterday, actually, when we were talking about uh, Tyson Fury losing uh, one of his titles. And it, it's, he said he was, he was quite right. It's all to do with these, these contract clauses and where he's, what he's supposed to have done and what he didn't do. And so that's why they took away the thing. But he's still got three. He's still got three. Whether or not he's still going to be in Personality of the Year remains to be seen. We shall watch that one. And then I did laugh yesterday. We happened to be watching Sky News. And they were talking about steroids. Who do they put on there? Alex Reed, Jordan's cross-dressing ex, ex-partner from ages ago. And, um, and he was the one who got, um, oh, somebody from, I can't remember which one it was from Essex, not Charlotte or, I can't remember who it was anyway. Uh, he got her, her pregnant and then he turned up the other day and they, they described him as sports personality. Alex Reed, sports personality and actor. I thought, well, we've certainly seen some acting in our time there, I think. But uh, sports personality, I thought, was hilarious. 
Alex Reed, Jordan's ex, a sports personality. What do, you, what do you think they actually said to him? How would you like to be described? I thought I had a few words for you, but uh, obviously we'll have to go with that one. Uh, thank you to Herrera. Uh, check out these Christmas lights. Better than Twickenham's High Street. They're actually not bad, actually. They're in Philadelphia. And uh, where they, 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 they compete in Philadelphia. Uh, Noel says, now that's novel, uh, with, uh, with Alex Reed, A cage bird becoming sports personality. Very clever. A cage bird becoming sports personality. Because he apparently was a cage fighter. But when they described him as a sports personality, I mean, I nearly died laughing. And uh, uh, Philippe says, utter... Uh, utter madness. Uh, Steve, where's the best place to have afternoon tea in London? Well, we like so many. We like so many. We, we've, we've road tested a few now and they're really lovely. Uh, the Goring, we thought was really, really lovely. The Shard, the Shangri-La and the views were just lovely. The Goring for the, uh, just for the, for the super service and the fact that they were really nice. And if you get to sit on the veranda at the back overlooking the garden, you could be, you could be anywhere in the world. Seriously, anywhere in the world. The Shard, because it's, um, because it's a lovely view up there and the tea was, was delightful. And you could keep eating sandwiches till the cows come home. The Dorchester, because it was just a lovely room. Uh, where do we go to? We went to the Savoy, which was lovely. Uh, I've got the Hilton to do. I haven't done the Hilton yet. Uh, we also went to... Oh, crikey, have been to some lovely places. The Lanesborough, uh, which was lovely. Uh, we also went to the Langham. All of them were lovely. I mean, seriously, any of them. We've not had a bad afternoon tea. But I think it's got to be in a hotel. We did go. Where did we go to? There was one place we went in London. And it's not really known for afternoon tea. They've obviously started doing afternoon tea. But, you know, if you're just sitting at a normal table where you'd have your brunch or your lunch, it's not really that exciting. So I would always suggest a hotel. I would always go for a hotel. I couldn't pick any one out of them and go, that was better than that one, because they were all absolutely lovely. The staff were brilliant, really, really good. I thought the quality of the food was excellent. If you don't eat all your cakes, you can ask them to be put in a box and you can take them away with you. You're paying for it. You're paying for it. But I, I thought it was a nice treat. If you're looking for something for, for your mum or something like that or, a, or an aunt or a granny, and it's a nice thing, they haven't got to walk too far. You know, get a taxi to wherever it is you're going, and then you don't have to work. And it's, they're all really lovely. Seriously, we've had, we've had a lovely time at every one. I'd be, I mean, if I was going to pick one... God, if I was going to pick one out, how difficult would that be? Because they, they were all good. They were all good for different reasons. The, the food in, and the sandwiches in all of them was absolutely delicious. To have little finger sandwiches is a bit of a treat, because you don't have it, do you? You just make yourself a big sandwich. When it's cut as a finger sandwich, with even if it's just egg mayonnaise, we had we had all sorts. Of, they were just it was just they were all lovely, all lovely. I d- the 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 one who wins on uh, on knowing who you are is the Goring, and the reason is we walked in the front door of the Goring. With, I'd never been there in my life, and the lady said, "Good afternoon, Mr. Allen." How did they know? We didn't say, honestly, we didn't say anything. We literally, we hadn't opened our mouths and they knew who we were. And it was, it was really wonderful. It was really wonderful. So, uh, you know, it, it's, it, it isn't the money. You're not doing it for the money. You're doing it because you get a nice afternoon for somebody. So that's good. Uh, Dean says, I'm already at work and drinking hot coffee, waiting for you to turn up. And, uh, and then, <coughs> sorry, Love London says, uh, just listening to yesterday's podcast for switching over live at four for the Spike Club. Thank you very much indeed. Um, Sally liked the tweet as well. Tea in hand. Fire is lit. 
do you know, when we lived in Yorkshire, that was the that was the thing. It was so cold on some of the mornings, and you'd have to light the fire in the grate. We had we had what was commonly known as a as a as a Rayburn, and you open it and it heated. I think it must have heated water somewhere along the way. I can't remember how it worked, but you'd have to lay the fire in the grate. So you'd have to rake it all out, sweep it all up. My least favourite bit: all this dust everywhere. <coughs> and then you'd um, you'd get newspaper and you'd you'd rip the newspaper up. And you crunch it up into balls, tight, tight as possible. And you put loads of balls of newspaper in the bottom. Then you put some kindling on, some sticks, kindling sticks, which we used to get from the woods. So I know you can buy it now. And then some coke on top of that, or coal. I think it was coke we were using. And then you'd light it underneath. And you'd hope that the, that the paper balls were tight enough to provide a good starter. And then once it got going, oh, it was lovely, absolutely lovely. I mean, really nice, actually. And uh, one here from, uh, from Michael. He said, I've just got to work listening to your show. Makes the day start well. I like that. Poor uh, Chris, who's running from Trafalgar Square, or has been running from Trafalgar Square. Worst driver ever, he says. And uh, over in uh, Welsh Wales, says Matt, you need to try afternoon tea at the the Celtic Manor. The Celtic... Good Lord, honestly. Do you you often drive the car wearing a vest, Matt? Is is this normal? And uh, I know he's he's a presenter, I think, for one of ours. One of our, I get no end of radio presenters listening to this programme. Some, some who work for, um, for, for our group, some who work for other groups. It's, they're all very welcome. I quite like the idea because they don't start till six. So they have to get some ideas. So I thought I'd throw in meatballs for you this morning, Matt, so you can do that. He says, who queues for Starbucks drive through at 5.30 in the morning? Me. I didn't even know there was a Starbucks that you could drive through at 5.30. Was that, is that, when you say drive through, do you mean through the front door? Well, there is actually a like, like a McDonald's drive-through for a Starbucks. <laughs> Imagine. Anyway, uh, meatballs. Love meatballs. Given the, given the, ch- I mean, I eat all sorts of things, as you know. But meatballs with onion gravy. God, it sounds delicious. And mashed potato. And if you're a fan of IKEA's meatballs, prepare for a shock. The chain is considering sacrificing their famous dish because of fears over global warming, 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 and warming. They've they, they've come up with alternative recipes. Uh, what they were thinking of is crispy bug ball made from insect protein and the lean green algae ball. Oh, no. They're also developing a vegan version of the meatballs. Oh, no. No, sorry. No, 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 no. Leave it as is. People go there for meatballs. They like them. Oh, all the food. All the different pictures in the paper today of what turkeys look like cooked. Why is it your own turkey never looks like this? Why is it you look at... There's one here, a golden-topped Christmas pudding. It looks delicious, and I don't... I'm not really a big Christmas pudding fan, but I love looking at them. And twin desserts with fruits on the top, and... Oh, delicious. They're also um, a matured, dry-aged beef sirloin joint. A stuffed duck. That looks nice as well. All these things are sort of quite quite reasonable prices. I say quite reasonable prices, because I'm hopelessly out of touch with anything. But, you know, it is actually possible to do... To do sort of, you know, cheap, cheap Christmas lunch. You've just got to shop around a couple of places. And you can do it for about £2 something a head. Which is not bad, is it? Not bad at all. And, um... And Faye... Faye says to me, she says, uh, also... She said, not... Oh, I've lost you now. Wait a minute, where have you gone to? Not just, um... Radio presenters listening in for ideas. TV ones too. <laughs> well, I think the meatballs is quite good, Faye. I think you could do that. She's a presenter and reporter. Oh, sorry. As you know, at ITV News. She's a journalist wife and a mummy. 
and a mummy. Isn't that the best time for kids at Christmas? Isn't it? Ju- I mean, I don't, I don't care what anybody says. The story that you'll be doing, I just imagine the same as we will probably later on today, is the one about the mum with the 300 presents, who's, uh, who inadvisedly, probably, she's got three children, youngest is 19 months old, has got 300 presents under the tree. The tree has disappeared. You've just got 300 presents. And she tweeted a picture of it, and the internet trolls have come out in force saying, basically, you're spoiling the kids. It's just ridiculous. 300 presents. You know, children shouldn't have that many presents. And uh, the answer is, I don't think they should either. But it's not up to us to decide what somebody does with their money. I should imagine you could probably go round to loads of people's houses. And if parents didn't have very much when they were kids, they would buy they would buy lots of presents for the kids to compensate. So she chooses to buy. She buys them throughout the whole year. She says she's never paid full retail price. She quite likes the idea of sort of getting a bit of a bargain. And so they end up, where you keep 300 presents, I've got no idea. Joe, you could probably fill up rubbish sacks with the paper that actually comes off. Birthdays for today. It's Susanna Reid's birthday today. Shall I tell them, Susanna? 45. (laughs) She's 45. Uh, Born in Croydon, poor soul, but we all have a cross to bear. So happy birthday to her. Kenneth Branagh is 55, uh, best known for Shakespearean roles. And uh, Clive Anderson is 63. So uh, many happy returns to all of those people. And if you're celebrating your birthday today, I wish you a very, very happy birthday. Of course, it's ironic, isn't it, coming this near to Christmas. Mind you, I've heard of people who have birthdays much nearer Christmas and they don't get all the things that they want because they go, well, Christmas is here. You can, you can have a little present for your birthday. You go, well, what a present. You know, pe- people like nice presents for Christmas. How much you spend on it is entirely up to you. And so that's why the mum, Emma Tapping, I think she was on the television yesterday. I think she might have been on this morning. It's sort of programme, the sort of thing that they like. But the tree is dwarf. You can't get to the tree. It can't have any lights on it, can it, really? And there's 300 presents piled up in front. So she's got them all wrapped and everything. Uh, 300 gifts for her three children. She's also quite busty, so I don't know what she does for a living. Well, I know what she does now. She's got bed and breakfast. What what she used to do, beggar's belief, I suppose. She was stunned when somebody copied the Instagram and um, and started uh, doing captions on it. And basically, they were saying, you know, you've, you've spoiled the children. The trouble is, they're her children. She can do what she likes with her money. If she wants to spend 1,500 quid, she can spend 1,500 quid. I personally think it's an awful lot of money. Actually, for 1,500 quid, she's actually got quite a lot of presents. Quite a lot. And uh, still to come, the girl who never smoked, dying of lung cancer at the age of 28. It's just not fair, is it, really? Quarter to six. Steve Allen on LBC. Apparently there is actually a drive through Starbucks, Matt says, in Cardiff. A drive through Starbucks. I mean, how do you manage that? A drive through Starbucks. So you just order your drip, but you've got to wait for them to make it. It's not like you drive through. There's one, one near where? Is there? On the A23, there's one as well. What, so do you pull up to the window and then go, uh, a latte and everything? Because you have to wait for them to make it. Queue must be miles back. Unless you order at one window and then head for the next one. A drive through Starbucks. God, you're doing better than we are in London. We haven't got one round my way at all. We've got a Starbucks, but it's not drive through at all. Um, very sad news in the, the paper about a woman who's never smoked, uh, went to the gym... It's always the way. I, I, I only mention this story because a friend of mine who is super fit, super, super fit. I mean, super fit, you know, literally, you know, does spinning, washboard stomach, not an ounce of fat. Just been diagnosed with Crohn's, just been diagnosed with, with Crohn's. And I said to her, we laughed. 
sort of. I said, uh, I said, you know, if only you'd ate chips and fish and chips and, and had kebabs and stuff like that. But, of course, I remember going out with him years and years ago. And we went out to a big crowd. It was about ten, I think. Uh, and I said, shall I get you some chips? He went, oh, no. Oh, no, he said, I couldn't eat chips. <laughs> and so he didn't eat stuff like that. He ate healthily. He was eating the nuts and the bread. My mother was exactly the same. My mother was eating really healthily. Muesli for breakfast, a little bit of orange juice, stuff like that. Cancer. And so here is this, this girl who never smoked, dying of lung cancer at the age of 28. They say it's a rare gene mutation, which accounts for less than 1% of lung cancer patients. Doctors have not been able to tell her. Uh, her name's um, Alicia Barnett how long she has left, but they've said it will be less than 10 years. I mean, that's, you know, I know it's going to sound really trite and it's going to sound absolutely awful, but 10 years is better. When my mother was diagnosed, it was, they weren't doing a long prognosis. They were saying basically about three months and that was just about what it was. You know, 10 years, you know, things might change. We might have advancements within 10 years. There is, there is some sort of hope on the horizon. I hope so. I hope so. She says, I, I'm lucky. The doctors can't give you a deadline. Some people have survived it for 10 years. However, if I came off chemo and stopped taking medicine, it would be a few months. Well, the answer is you don't come off chemo and you don't come off your medicine. You stay on them and you, and you, you, know, you forge for as much as you can get. You do get these people, and I don't know where they get the, the, uh, the energy from. I don't know where they get their strength from. People who you know, have been diagnosed and they say, well, you've, you've got this or that and it's terminal. And they start making bucket lists of things they want to do, things that they want the kids to remember them for. It's always, and you always think to yourself, where do they get this from? This inner strength, you know, me, I'd just be going, Pfft. And then I thought the other day, no, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. I'd be so angry about it. You'd become a bit feisty. So if ever I was diagnosed with something that was sort of absolutely so dreadful, I'd, I'd moan about it every day. <laughs> I'd be on the programme every day to the point of boredom. People going, oh, shut him up, for goodness sake, not going on about his illness again. But that's the way that people get through it, isn't it? And for her to, you know, she's never smoked, but she gets lung cancer at the age of 28 because of this rare genetic defect that she's got. And, and she's being quite, she's being incredibly brave about it. I don't know, as I said, I don't know where these people get this from. But uh, I hope that within the 10 years she actually sort of manages to find something and they come up with something that can help people. A lot of, uh, a lot of stuff can change in 10 years in the medical world. It really would be. You know, they say, would you like to be a guinea pig? Absolutely, absolutely. And here's something you shouldn't really smile about, but you might smile. The founder of the North Face clothing firm. Do you remember North Face? They do all that stuff to keep you, um, keep you warm in winter. Anyway, the billionaire co-founder, who is called Douglas Tompkins, has just died of hypothermia. I mean, it, it is the kind of thing you think, are you sure? And the answer is yes. Uh, he also helped set up Esprit Clothing. He was flown to hospital. It was, uh, he was, he was uh, seized, uh, capsized, sorry, he was out there with a kayak, hit by a strong wave in southern Chile, 72. And um, he, uh, he became the North Face uh, selling hiking and ski gear from a small San Francisco shop in 66. Capsized on General Carrera Lake, in Patagonia region. Three kayakers were rescued by a military patrol boat. Uh, he died in intensive care. 72. He grew very disenchanted with the corporate world, but uh, he was a billionaire. Absolutely a billionaire. And I suppose he, um, he was one of those people we should be thankful for. It's quite... It's, it's, a, it's a sad ending, isn't it? But you always think to yourself, well, I actually didn't have a bad innings. And, and he was very, very successful. Talking about drive through Oh, you all know about this one now, don't we? I wish I'd not bothered to open that. <laughs> I shouldn't bother to mention it. Because uh, Ollie tells me there's one at Fleet. 
Separate from all the other services, but I think there are some in London as well. Winnie says there's a drive through Starbucks nearby. It's on the Bath Road at Cranford. There's also a drive through KFC. See, I d- well, I can understand a drive through KFC. I had a dream about KFC the other day. I'm taken with the advert on the television. You know, where they all sit down and they have a bucket and they decide to share with their best friends. And I looked at it and I thought yesterday, I thought to myself, I might actually have some Kentucky Fried Chicken. About once every three months, it's a bit of a treat. But I didn't get it yesterday. And I, but I might get it today. And I just I looked at it and I watched this, this advert on the television. And I'm, I'm, I'm very good at being taken by adverts on the television. I just love adverts. And if it's got food in there, I remember thinking, oh, that looks nice. I'll go and buy some of that. I never get round to it. I never get round to it. But thank you for letting me know about the, uh, about the Starbucks all over. Apparently, Marcus says, I'm about a 10-minute walk from the drive through Starbucks in Cardiff right now. Have we got Cardiff listening to us this morning? Good. He says, I'm fairly sure it's open 24 hours most day. It's in a fairly tucked away location. It's never that busy. Matt found it. Matt found it. He probably knows exactly where it is, and it probably heads there every morning. We need it, don't we? If we, I, I was, I was in a, I was downstairs with Dan, the barista, yesterday, who looks after our coffee shop downstairs, and and people ask for, can I have a flat white macchiato with? And I'm thinking, how do you know what all this stuff is? I didn't even know what a flat white was. No idea. No idea, but people were sort of telling me about it, and Dan was saying, oh, people sort of come in and ask for this and that drink. I said, it's funny, isn't it? Years ago, we just went in and go, a cup of coffee, please. (coughs) Now I go in there, and they go, yes, please, and I go, uh, tall, dry, sorry, tall, extra, extra dry, uh, extra shot cappuccino. I mean, I'd laugh at my own, I laugh at my own stupidity. I ask for the, I don't know what it is. It's just apparently it's a it's sort of a, a, a cup of coffee, which has got no no milk in it. It's just got froth. <laughs> Pathetic, isn't it? Who'd have thought that years later all these things they order in America? I'll have a double decaf with a twist and, a, and this kind of stuff. And now we're doing it over here, doing exactly the same. Apparently, somebody says there's a there's a drive-through Starbucks on the A4 at Heathrow Airport. Kevin the milkman says there's a drive-through Snappy Snaps. <laughs> there wasn't a drive-through when George Michael popped in. Somebody asked me about George Michael the other day. So where is he? I said, I've got no idea. Probably enjoying his money, I should imagine. Uh, there is one near you. A drive through Starbucks on the A4, the Bath Road. Thank you. James says, if one has a big appetite and a love of champagne, then brunch at the Landmark Hotel is exquisite. Robin Braintree says, Stansted Airport has a proper drive through Starbucks. Tony says, there's one in Manchester. 24 hours. Good Lord. And Patisserie Valerie do afternoon tea. 19 quid. Amazing value. It doesn't come with booze, though, does it? I think afternoon tea has to start with booze. It has to. Um, I think it actually has to start with sort of like a glass of champagne. They always say, would you like a glass of champagne? I always go, is the Pope Catholic? To which they never know the answer. <laughs> I think they go, yes. Uh, the Intercontinental Hotel Wellington Lounge, Park Lane, says Andy. And, um, and CJ says, my mate Philip worked at the Goring for years. I wonder if he has made you afternoon tea. I love it. It's a family hotel. Family Hotel. It's where Margaret Thatcher used to go, actually. Margaret Thatcher used to go there uh, for their afternoon tea. There's a drive through Costa at Beckton, says Declan. I love the idea that there's one in Wigan. I don't know why that should amuse me. I don't mean to laugh at Wigan, I'm sorry. There's also one in St Helens. I've been a few times, says Jimmy. It's interesting. It's all these things you discover. Do you know what I wish there was? 24-hour fish and chips. 
24-hour fish and chips. I could eat that now. But uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken, a drive through yes, I've, I've heard of, of those ones before. And the McDonald's. In America, I mean, they, they all do that, don't they? You could probably get takeaway pizza, I should imagine, at the same time. You could go there and, and sort of get a drive through pizza. Do you not think so? I bet you could. bet you put, could if you put your mind to it. Uh, I've just finished, says uh, Roger, a 16-hour news shift. But I'm listening to you. He said, you've made me smile after a very... Very long, hard day. And uh, he works over there in news. There you go. Roger Dwarika. If I've not pronounced that correctly, Roger, I do apologise. Just put it down to the fact that sometimes I look at words and I get complete blindness. I can't do Polish names either, so so don't don't feel hard done by by it. I promise you. Um, there's a, another story which is in the uh, the papers for today. It's the WI, and it's that good old standby of radio stations everywhere... It's breastfeeding. So we'll talk about that one in the next part of the programme. It's always one that people always get very upset about breastfeeding. I've always decided it's so much easier to stay well away from it. I couldn't care less what anybody does. I don't really want to see somebody sitting in the window of Starbucks breastfeeding. You know, I think there is a way of doing it that you can be discreet, and a lot of people are very discreet. I've seen it done on the train. You seem to be strangely drawn to it, though, don't you? It's like, oh, my God. And I always think that there must be people from other countries coming in going... They do this openly on the trains? Answer, yes, they do. Uh, And the story about stray dogs. One is seized every ten minutes. I'll tell you about that the other side of the news. Plus, the uh, the killer of Lee Rigby sues. He got some teeth knocked out. The prison service are vigorously defending it. After hearing it's going to cost millions upon millions upon millions to put right all this dreadful damage, we'll tell you the story of the company who upped their prices for renting property out and took advantage of people who were down on their luck. Uh, the moment the papers got involved, they backtracked like there was no tomorrow. Naomi Campbell needs a hip operation at the age of 45. Um, the uh, aged old trout aristocrat claims Duncan Bannatyne's girlfriend is after him for his money. Yes, well, it's never going to happen to you, is it, Georgina? I shouldn't imagine. And uh, being happy won't make you live longer, but you'll enjoy my programme a lot more. It's LBC, I'm Steve Allen. This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Everybody telling me where these uh, drive through Starbucks are. Jaffa tells me, uh, Jaffa, that uh, it's on the M4, on one of the services there. He said, I used it once, nobody in the queue. Happy Lutty Days. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> and uh, apparently, uh, Joey says, can you believe, Steve, there's a drive through McDonald's. Yeah, I forget which was the first one, actually. I did go to the very first McDonald's in this country, not a drive through I think it was down in Woolwich or something like that. Uh, Naomi Campbell, hip operation at 45. Too young, they say, but I've heard of younger people having it. 300 gifts for the kids that are not spoilt. The mum blasts the trolls. Uh, gloominess doesn't cause a shorter life. It's war. Bust up on the X-Factor battle bus. Can't wait to tell you about that one, ladies and gentlemen. And the TV chef, it's Jamie Oliver, who's fired 40 people. He's closed down one of his, uh, his outlets, and they're going to be closing down on Christmas Eve. I mean, I'm assuming they haven't just sort of made this decision. It's obviously been one that's been made for, for quite some time. And you would have thought that if any organisation would support breastfeeding mothers, the Women's Institute, the WI, would be up there. But to Nicole Bentley's shock, she was told she wouldn't be welcome at her local group with her newborn daughter after it carried out a poll of members. Yesterday, she was uh, she was 
said to be disgusted. Everybody's always disgusted. Have you noticed? That's the second time we've used the word disgusted on the programme. Nobody actually has an opinion. They go, uh, I'm really hurt by that. No, I'm disgusted. Disgusted. But um, and she says that the majority of the group didn't want her to attend, and so she's vowed never to return to the branch. I was told I'm not welcome because I breastfeed my baby. She said, I thought the WI stood for Women United Together, but obviously not. Last night, critics condemned the group on social media for knocking women back into the dark ages. Experts saying Mrs Bentley could make a claim against the WI for discrimination. I don't think so. It's a private organisation. They can do what they want, can't they? I would have thought so. The mother of four said she was keen to join the newly formed Sutton Bells Group in Sutton in Ashfield, Nottinghamshire, because she wanted to get to know other people and learn new skills. Uh, she said she asked when she went along to a meeting, out of courtesy, if it would be OK to continue attending with her daughter, Scarlett, following her birth on November the 22nd, and told the chairwoman she might have to breastfeed during the first few months of meetings. So she's kind of set the ground rules down, hasn't she? She's kind of thrown something in there. I've got another story very similar to this one. Not, not breastfeeding, incidentally. It involves an umbrella. Anyway, uh, but although the woman who she knew as Naomi was sympathetic and said she had breastfed herself, she said she felt compelled to put the question to those who attended the group's start-up meetings. And then um, Mrs Bentley uh, was then horrified to receive a message from Naomi saying, I sent emails to all the email addresses I had from all the ladies that had come, and I'm so sorry, but no was the majority of answers. I'm sorry if you're not happy with this, but I don't think it was fair to just have my opinion or answer. I do hope you can join us at later dates. Uh, which, of course, is fair enough, but obviously they want to get on with things. They don't, you know, this, this isn't a, it isn't sort of a mother's meeting group. It's the WI. They aren't sort of a group of mums sitting around, you know, with push chairs and mobile phones clamped to their ears. Um, it's, it's supposed to be there so that you learn things. And if people are breastfeeding and then you're going to have kids screaming and crying and all the rest of it. Anyway, last night... Uh, they referred inquiries to the Nottingham Ship Federation, who apologised, and said uh, she would be welcome at future meetings. So obviously, at branch level, they can't do everything except to go to big boys level or big girls level. And um, they, were, they were sort of keen to keep it as a child-free zone. I mean, not every person wants to go there where there's prams and pushchairs and things like that. But in the end, she can go. Now, whether, of course, she wants to go now remains to be seen. I should imagine she might not want to go. You know, she might sort of think, well, actually, if most people voted against me, why would I bother going? They don't really want me there at all. It's only because they've been overruled by the top uh, top echelons of the WI. Uh, oh, no, they didn't. Oh, yes, they did. The old Burks were out the other day. They went to pantomime. Uh, luckily, Sally the Burke wasn't actually appearing on the stage, was in the audience. Uh, Burko's eldest son is shooting up a bit fast. He's going to dwarf his father very shortly, certainly within about a year. Uh, makes it all the more fortunate this year's panto is Peter Pan. True Christmases ago, the same theatre staged Snow White and the Seven People of Restricted Stature. Oh, no, you can say dwarf. I suddenly realised. I suddenly realised that dwarf is an OK word because it's dwarfism. Uh, Alan's in Durban in South Africa. And he says, just come back from a short visit to my sister in Australia. She orders an extra hot, skinny, flat white. Why would you want a cold white? He says, uh, a cold coffee. I love your show, but it makes me so want to be there. I know, we do like to bring a little bit of home. And Pam is in uh, southern Spain. Uh, I listen in from my home here, as do my two sons travelling to work in the UK. We often discuss your show. Oh, Lord, I always worry about things like that. And here in America, there are endless 24-hour fast food drive throughs says Bob, including a Starbucks less than five minutes away. Always enjoy the show and uh, stay up to listen to it. Lovely, it's what I like to hear. Front pages of the papers as it's coming up ten past six in, uh, in London. 
Uh, the front page of the Daily Mail, just who do they think they are? You pay their wages. These are public servants who run councils, the NHS, the police. They're uniting to keep you in the dark about their greed. Uh, the Daily Star, <coughs> excuse me, they've got um, uh, on the front page of the Daily Star, it's brave Cheryl in new malaria fear. Apparently she's going back to Ghana. You'd have thought actually she should have learned her lesson first time round. Uh, also, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo has refused to deny gay rumours after he admitted personal problems had blighted his form on the pitch. As if it makes any difference. Who cares? Oh, really, seriously, in this day and age, there's more things to worry about. I'm more perturbed that somebody's offered £100,000 to Ryland to write what can be only tantamount to a pamphlet. Certainly wouldn't be a book, would it? Let's face it. You know, they say he will lift the lid on his private life. God, how dull. What a boring book that's going to be. I wouldn't mind if he'd done, you know, decent things and saved the planet. But a man who's had too many teeth put in his mouth where seats would have been applicable is going to talk about his uh, his marriage to Dan Neal. <laughs> Two gay guys get married. OK, end of story. What are you going to pad that one out with? And also his friendship with Katie Price. God, how boring that's going to be. And uh, he's got plenty of tales from shows he's starred on. He hasn't starred on, he's just been a presenter on CBB. Uh, the X Factor celebrity, Master Chef, and this morning. What riveting tales can he have to tell? What riveting tales? Do you think they all go out for dinner? Him, Pip Schofield, hot? No, I didn't think so either. And a source said a few stars out there are likely to be quaking in their boots. Ryland has a lot of gossip. No, he doesn't. He really doesn't. It's going to be so. D- £100,000? <laughs> 20 quid. 20 quid. It's not going to make any more than that. Uh, also, uh, Britain's got the hump with Trump. I'm sure you've had enough conversation uh, about that the other day. Uh, Simon uh, Le Bon turned down the chance to be a judge on X Factor. I don't know why, actually. Perhaps he thought it just wasn't uh, wasn't quite right for him. Madam Sin puts the fun in funeral. Uh, she was there to enjoy it, but won't actually be watching it. And Jamie Oliver has ruined Christmas for his work, as they say. He's closed his last cookery shop at the cost of 40 jobs. The recipe shop in Notting Hill will shut Christmas Eve. One staff member who did not want to be named says everybody here feels let down, particularly uh, those like me who've worked a long time for Jamie and put a lot into the shop. Christmas is the worst time to lose your job. Yes, I agree. I agree. But still, probably, they've obviously looked at it and, and decided it's just not a viable thing to do. Uh, I was going to bring you the story about the the class of six-year-olds um, who were told what to write about what... I can't use the word. It's the P word. Uh, as part of their homework. And their parents are going, well, I don't think that's right. Can't have words like that being banded around, can we? And the answer is no, you can't. Front page of the Sun, kicking the teeth. Rigby killer sues over knocked out Nashers. Michael Adebolaje, who hopes for up to £20,000. I think not. I think not. Uh, old Lamps and uh, How You are going to get married, which is rivetingly boring, I'm afraid. Uh, the man who was uh, hit in the pub car park and killed was a drugs lord and a pal. He certainly knew all the Towie people. Although the Towie people, with the exception of James Arge Argent, who's had his own problems with uh, with the old Colombian, uh, appear to sort of say, well, you know, we have pictures taken with loads of people. But quite clearly they know who these people are. You don't, you know, if, if he's well known as one of the uh, the stars of Towie said, well, then you know exactly who this person is. The man who's offered uh, you the chance to come dive in his kitchen. Yes, he's uh, he's been flooded out. Now it's all go- gone, and it's uh, it's just the mud bath, which isn't good, not good at all. Uh, Naomi Campbell has told a film bash she needs a hip replacement at the age of forty-five. Rivetingly dull, rivetingly dull. Uh, the woman and her three hundred gifts 
As I say, you can do what you want. If it's your money, you can buy what you want. The, the only trouble is, once you start printing pictures of it, then people get a little bit upset and they don't like it. The Daily Mirror, it's war. This is on the X Factor battle bus. I wasn't even aware they had such a thing. Uh, rivetingly dull. And uh, both of them started fighting. Uh, the wives. This is Reggie and Bolly. I haven't seen them. I, I know that that's what they're called because it says so in the paper and apparently there's something to do with the stick insect. And uh, they had a screaming row. The wives did. I didn't even know they were married. Always very unwise if you're going into the pop business. Reggie's wife, Edith, flew into a rage at Bolly's wife, Mira, during the event which was attended by Cheryl Spagbol and attracted large crowds. Edith pointed a finger in Myra's face and yelled, don't ever talk to me like that again. Don't ever speak to me like that. Especially, And so it went on. A little bit embarrassing, isn't it, really? We've got a picture of both the wives. Woo, they look scary. Very scary. Apparently, uh, Edith and Myra had been down at the live shows together and called themselves Team Reggie and Bolly. Oh, rivetingly dull, isn't it? Oh, we're Team Reggie and Bolly. Perhaps we'll have a T-shirt made if they make them in that size. Uh, Win or lose... Reggie said, being on the X Factor has brought fame way bigger than they ever experienced as musicians back in Ghana. Oh, God. I just get so dreary. You're going to read all these sort of stories, aren't you, in the newspapers about them. So if they don't win, don't worry, they'll still be on the tour. And, uh, and then in about nine months' time, you won't have heard of them. And there'll be another two who've disappeared completely. Quarter past six. Steve Allen on LBC. And you just realise that we're paying Greville Janners all his legal costs and everything, even though he must be absolutely stonking rich. But I think he's put the house in the kids' names. But uh, the reason you pay for it is because if somebody's got dementia, then they're not, uh, they don't have to pay for it. We have this, this system in place. Uh, the story of the estate agent, I have to bring it to you because it always annoys me when people take advantage of other people's misery. And here is somebody who's had to apologise after being accused of cashing in on Storm Desmond by hiking up administration fees. Uh, The Daily Mail report that Cumbrian Properties in Carlisle racked up its charges for people seeking temporary rental homes after their own homes were flooded. So the first place you go to, you go to a rental agency, don't you? Staff told callers inquiring about properties that the admin charge for new tenants had risen to... Uh, sorry, risen from £110 per person, plus £90 check-in fee, to £600 overnight. So David Thomas called the firm for a friend and was shocked by the hike charge because five other local estate agents he called were all retaining their £110 fee for new uh, tenants. The electrician said it's disgusting. There are people who are desperate and will get into debt to try and get a home. I felt the lady at Cumbrian Properties was embarrassed by the price rise. You could tell. She was uncomfortable explaining it. Kerry Redfern of Carlisle spoke with the firm on Sunday and was also quoted the £600 fee. The mother of two said, obviously, it's cashing in on people's misery. They wanted £600 for a three-bedroom house with £675 a month rent. I was shocked, especially as they're a local company. The company's co-owner, Adrian Hogarth, has since admitted the increased charges were a mistake. Mr Hogarth said, I made an error of judgment. I had staff who worked 12-hour shifts on Sunday. I decided to increase tenancy fees to cover the cost of staffing to get people into properties. I realised on Monday I should not have done it. No, on Monday you were caught out, weren't you, by the newspapers. And had you not been caught out by the newspapers, we probably wouldn't be talking about this story now. He says, we've reduced the fee to £200 per property. We apologise for the bad feeling. We've also donated £2,500 to the flood appeal. And we will refund new tenants who are charged the highest fee. And he goes to prove, doesn't it... 
You know, the moment it gets mentioned in the newspapers and they see bad publicity, and to be honest with you, now it's in the newspapers and I'm sure that some of the other papers will pick up on it, business could collapse. You know, people do not like to be taken advantage of in this country. You know, especially when people are really down on their luck and the disaster that they've had with the weather in Cumbria. You've only got to look at the pictures of these poor people and how they're suffering and then somebody ups it because staff have had to work 12-hour shifts and so to cover that... Opposed to taking it out of all the increased business, he's upped it from 110 quid to 600. I mean, that's called taking the Michael, I believe, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, three in four Britons admit to faking positive reaction when opening Christmas presents. Come on, you've all done it. You open it, you go, Oh, thanks. Really nice. What is it? Right, thank you. Scrabble. Lovely. Use that one. <laughs> Good. We all do it, don't we? We've all faked it. We've all faked it. Lee says you're too cynical. Don't you want to know what Ryland's favourite colour is? I should take up at least a page. Well, I should imagine his case, probably about three pages. Who in God's name is going to be interested in reading an autobiography about a nobody? I mean, <laughs> even I wouldn't write an autobiography. I've been in the business for ages. You just wouldn't do it. Struggle to get up this morning, Steve. Feel very good now. Cup of coffee and listening to your show, which has put a smile on my face. And, uh, and CJ says, great show. Uh, you and the team... You're the team, apparently. He's very excited. He's never been a team before, but he's a team now. Says, wish you were on the radio more. I'm on seven days. I can't actually be on... I don't think it's possible to actually be be on the radio more than seven days, but bless you for even thinking about me. Thank you. There's apparently a drive-through Metro Bank in Hayes, says Jamie. Long-time listener, first-time texter. Ooh, interesting. And, um... If you find the closest drive through Starbucks to me, says Ian, you still wouldn't find my interest in going. 24-hour bagel shop. Yeah, well, I, I can cope with that. I can cope with that. I, I, I cope with 24-hour bagels. That's, that's a very good idea. Uh, what the Dickens? Who's the star of Christmas? Uh, a survey done by Odeon Cinemas. It's Scrooge. Alistair Sim. Alistair Sim. It's a great film. Comes either in black and white or coloured version. Uh, I advise you get both, because you can't beat a good film. And uh, Scrooge also beat... Kevin McAllister, Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone. Uh, John McClane, portrayed by Bruce Willis in Die Hard. It's a Wonderful Life, the perfect Christmas film. I don't think it is. It's a good film, don't get me wrong. It's a good film and I love it, but I think there are better films out there. I think there are better films for Christmas. See, I like White Christmas. I also like Miracle on 54th. I like that. I like anything like that. And it's got snow in it, you know. I don't, I don't really want sort of... I mean, it is a good... Don't get me wrong. It is a great film, but it's, I've got other ones which are favourites. Oh, look! Frankie Bridge has signed up for Strictly Come Dancing Tour. Oh, God, how boring. That's the one who was in the gutter, out the gutter, in rehab, out of rehab, then got married and then changed her name and uh, was in a group and now isn't in a group and the group's not singing ever again and, and it's all finished. Uh, so apart from that, what have you got to look, to, uh, look forward to for Christmas? I think the, uh, the Kenneth Williams Diaries. I think the only person who knew how to tame Kenneth Williams was Barbara Windsor. She's just got an award, actually, for, I think from the Central School of Speech and Drama. So well done to her for that. But uh, Kenneth Williams only ever met him once. Only ever met him once when he came into LBC promoting acid drops. And you'll remember that I, I met him by the coffee machine downstairs and he was being interviewed by, by Tommy Boyd. And, uh, and I, as I passed him, because I was, I was a bit of a fan, I mean, he was a bit of a legend... And so I said, oh, I said, you enjoying it? He said, I said, do you like Tommy Boyd? He said, I thought it was a woman. (laughs) There's no answer to that at all. Oh, right, okay. 
But in fact, everybody bought acid drops to see if they were mentioned in it. And if you were mentioned, you had to buy the uh, you had to buy the book. So uh, the diaries, I can't wait to read. He was he was very very critical and scathing about loads of people. But that made it more interesting, didn't it? I mean, you know, you, you, there's no point in sort of having somebody who's terribly, terribly bland. We want something, you know, something a little bit more feisty. And Kenneth Williams was a wee bit feisty. Uh, they've dumped uh, three, three in uh, Malaysia's main airport in Kuala Lumpur. Three 747s have been dumped there, like you do. You know, most people put a bag of rubbish out. In Kuala Lumpur, 747s. And um, they, they cost about £25.7 million when they fir- first were sold. They're in a small fleet. They weigh about 170 tonnes. I mean, I mean if, if they aren't sold within 14 days, they're going to be scrapped. Imagine having your own plane. I mean, I know it is possible. I realise there are lots of rich people who have their own planes. Imagine having your own 747. So somebody's obviously landed it and then just walked off and left it. And they've gone, um, is this your plane? Uh, no, it's not my plane. But you, but you did land it. I've never seen it before in my life. Are you sure it's not your plane? It's definitely not my plane. Oh, right, OK. <laughs> so that was about it. Front page of the Express today. The police officers now say that Trump is right about British no-go areas. Where are they? Where are these no-go areas? I don't think there are any no-go areas. I'm happily go around most of, uh, most of London. Uh, also, Flirty Kate has some fun on the phone for charity. She is looking more and more like Diana. They've, they've looked at different pictures of her, and she's definitely looking very similar to Diana. Uh, we do want to go and see Jim Broadbent. If you really want to see a, a proper Scrooge in Christmas Carol, he's at the Noel Coward Theatre. This is uh, ten years since he's last been on stage, and he'll be worth every single penny. Go and see something Christmassy. Uh, Winter Wonderlands are on all over the place, but you've still not done all your Christmas shopping, have you? You haven't actually finished all of that. But uh, try and finish that off this week. You've still got time to get uh, get stuff in. So I think we did everything today. We did the um, Prince Charles's 40 grand. Seems a bit mean, doesn't it, when they're looking at hundreds of millions of pounds that they need. Naomi Campbell, hip operation. I did suggest earlier on mouth operation. Uh, the Fury complaint, that's Tyson Fury, is by a gay ex-copper. He says, no, he's, he's absolutely wrong. Um, uh, poor old uh, what's-her-face, Colin Campbell, claims Duncan Bannatyne's girlfriend is after him for the money. I'm sorry, wizened old trout. Nobody's interested anymore in what you say. You're just a bit barking mad, and that's why nobody'd heard of you for about 30 years. Uh, being happy will not make you live longer. But it's, uh, it's certainly pleasant to listen to this programme if you're feeling reasonably happy. I quite like that, actually. quite like that idea. David Bowie looking amazing at 68. If I look... Well, anyway. Uh, Madam Sin, she put the fun into funeral. Although, as the producer typed up earlier on, she put the thumb into funeral. I mean, honestly, sometimes you wonder. We did a thing the other day about... The put, you, you've typed here, Madam Sin puts thumb in funeral. <laughs> Make of that what you will, ladies and gentlemen. I've often said, where would we be without a laugh? Right here, every morning, 4 till 6.30. Uh, Fern McCann might be quitting the Essex show. They're trying to drum up any interest they can find in her. Sadly, nobody's biting on that one. So back to obscurity for foul-mouthed Fern. Thank you very much. She came third, which means loser. I'm back with you tomorrow morning. Friday, we'll have a couple of clips from this weekend. I'm, hope- no, no, no. I'm hoping we can have Tina Fey because she's in today, and uh, we've definitely got Eddie the Eagle Edwards. I know we've got that, because I recorded him yesterday. Have a great day. You can follow me on Twitter, at Steve Allen Show. You can download the free LBC app for your mobile or tablet. Never miss a moment. Leading Britain's conversation at seven. Nick Ferrari at breakfast. Right now, though, Lisa Aziz with the morning news. This is LBC.